On the 1st of August, 2021, the members of our cell and the visiting member of Q-Cell gathered together at a secret location, also known as the Quest and Chaos Studio, in a secret fictional town called Fremont, California, which is actually there. Some long-haired, bearded fellow also joined them. This is what ensued. Be aware, this is filled with spoilers. Listen at your own risk. This is the Unredacted Report. Hi, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are all together in person for the first time, which is crazy. Uh, I drove up here just to be here. Uh, I'm Joseph. I play Rory. You haven't seen me since season one. Uh, let's just introduce everybody and then we'll get started. I've never seen you in person before today, yeah. even though I play games online with you twice a week. <laughs> um, I'm Ben. I'm Rooster. Or squeal on the Discord. I'm the loud one who talks way too much in most venues. Oh, you're stopping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to stop talking, believe it or not. Yeah. I'm Dan. Uh, I'm the handler. Uh, I flew out here from uh, Phoenix. So this is my first time meeting Joseph. Yesterday we got to meet up with other folks, uh, everybody else, uh, and had a nice day out. Um, so yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Hi, I'm Tiana. I play Rowan. Um, yeah, I, I live here. Y'all see me on this camera fairly frequently in this particular backdrop, but it's really <laughs> awesome to get to see everyone in person because ah, we're all here. <laughs> I'm so excited. And yes, I have my coffee. Yeah, you didn't tell us all to dress up. You're just perfectly Rowan. Okay, I did, I did mention that I was going to do this. And as if I would turn... I'm a cosplayer. This is true. <laughs> I'm Laura. I'm Quinn. Special guest for this season, but hopefully I'll be back for more later. She doesn't hate us. She wants to come back. <laughs> <laughs> most of you. Most of you. No. <laughs> I'm Seth. I play River. I'm, I'm the one who doesn't talk much. And yet when you do, it is either perfectly poignant or breaks us all with some pithy comment that makes us all just go, all right, quit the internet. We're done. It's a good balance. He does that in our home game, too. I've got a couple of super snarky people, and I do the Ezra record quotes thing. And I'll have this list of things that are just off-the-wall hysterical, and then one thing from Seth and maybe two things from Joseph, and we're all like, yeah, scrap scrap all of it. <laughs> right there, that wins. Am Ambrose and Ben are consistently funny, and then these guys come in with the surprise shots. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I think we're going to call this the unredacted reports, just because it's all going to come out there. No Sharpies needed. <laughs> yeah, all the spoilers. Yeah. All the spoilers, except for the ones that we can't tell you about. Well, right. It'll be all the spoilers up to the end of season two, which we have to specify because we are well into recording season three at this I point. I just caught up on season two this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. So we are recording this on August 1st. August, or, uh, uh, July 30th was when I finished editing the last episode of this particular season because I was like, I need to have this finished before the talk back so we don't have to talk around things or spoil Joseph because he's been keeping up as we've been recording or as, not as we've been, been recorded, as we've been editing. Yeah. yeah I, like, I haven't listened to the edited version and I can't <laughs> wait to hear all the soundscape. <sighs> oh. it's, it's very good. 
You guys have all listened to it. <laughs> really, you're listening to this a week after it's been released, so. Yeah. yeah. I'm very so tell us how you like it. I really liked season two. Was, it was a lot of fun just to listen to the story mm-hmm. and not know what was coming. I guess similar to you guys, if you guys listen to season one. Yeah. Um, just not knowing what was coming up next and to hear all the story moments. It was a lot, lot of fun. Excited to be back, but it was a lot of fun listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to be surprised as, as it was happening. Exactly. Yeah. And how much did you have to avoid like the Discord I muted like the editing channel where you guys were like giving feedback until I could listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I would like, I would see some stuff. So like not everything was a total surprise, but I tried to just avoid like the in-game chats and every, as much as I could. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we have our own private Discord where we discuss things to do with the redacted reports. And there's a lot of channels on there. And some of them, I imagine Joseph is very happy to have unmuted. <laughs> I had like about five or six channels muted, and now they're all unmuted. Yay! <laughs> you actually posted that this morning when you stopped for coffee on your drive. It's like, okay, I just finished. Here's what I think. I can unmute the Discord now. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We did want to thank the community, though, as you guys have been a lot of fun on the Q&C Discord. Um, so that's been a lot of fun hanging out with everyone on there. I don't I'm not on there as much as some of these guys, but... I live on the Discord, but we do have some absolutely incredible fans yeah. who have some wild fan theories that I am excited to dig into <laughs> to uh, see where those go with their with their theories. Wild fan theories and wild fan fictions. Yeah. 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 We'll talk more about that later, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, all the red string boards. And, and I just want to make it absolutely clear, River is not married to Rooster's sister. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear that fan theory. Yeah, yeah there, there's a theory floating around that Jenna, his sister, is Jen, uh, his wife. <laughs> I mean, there's all... And then there were... That somehow spread into the fact that... Okay, my personal headcanon for a while was that Roosters descended from Abe Froman. <laughs> Until uh, Abe had fish sex and then went back for more fish sex. And it's like, yeah, no. And then that somehow turned into, well, what's Jen's maiden name? Maybe Roost maybe oh River God. is married into it. And all of and all of the descendants from like Michigan just moved to Yuma after the fact. And what is wrong with you? <laughs> this was from the, the fans on Discord. Do you want the short list or the long? Oh. <laughs> this wasn't even mine. Come in. Yes, uh, delivery from Yuma. Um, oh, God. Redacted showed up and said I needed to deliver these to Redacted. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's Redacted. That's yeah. G-Man. I've got... Uh, is that redacted there? Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh what else goodness. we have? We got redacted here. Symphony, so maybe they can keep them all apart. Oh <laughs> I had to go back and look uh, to remember what color shirts y'all there, asked there's for. There's redacted there. Oh, there's lids that go with these. I'll go ahead and hand those to you to hand around. Oh. Hi, that's all of us. Enjoy. <laughs> Bye, Burby. That's so weird. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> That is. This is so cool. Fantastic. So um, the the design was it was done by our by our delightful Danny, and I asked her to uh, make some shirts for us because I saw those and said yes, please. And then when uh, Bomb Clancy came to visit, she came bearing coffee cups. Oh my god. Well, well, in that case, hold on. Um, we need to fill these, so. <laughs> 
cannot do editing. Wait, dreams. Rowan, is there one under your seat? <laughs> Wait, there's an actual brew. Okay, wow. Yep. Pick your poison. Booster, <laughs> booster. From Arizona. That's the fun, like months ago. Are these actually from you? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because they showed up when Ren went to to hopefully Mia never showed up. The baby. Well, Mia showed up, <laughs> but not Mia did Ren, show up, just not eventually. On time. Yeah. And yeah. she came back with these, and I'm like, oh my god. And it took like another month and a half to realize that they were actually from you. <laughs> oh. oh wait, there's more. Also, I, I, I got extra things sent to me from uh, Bomb Clancy. So just for you two, just for you three. I, I don't, I don't know if another envelope got lost in the mail somewhere, oh. or if it's just for you three. All right, I guess we'll. There's open. like a mermaid. There's a mermaid. There's a mermaid there. sticker. <laughs> I don't want to break the, the mermaid. I, I don't either. No, I'm break the mermaid. Carefully. No. I like trying to. I don't even. Well, okay. In that case, while you're doing that, I'm right, just... it does. You can kind of. Un- <laughs> yeah. I'll pull this out, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding it hostage. <laughs> you can have it back when you let me win. <laughs> My card. Yeah. I'm sorry for what I wrote about Quinn and her fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same with mine, except for Ron. <laughs> I'm oh. sorry what I wrote about the G-Man in the fanfic. Oh my god, mm. that's amazing. Are you though? I no. notice how Danny's not sorry for what Danny she... didn't send send anything. And <laughs> oh, what? oh, these are bomb Clancy. These are bomb Clancy. Oh, okay. So, oh, so the fanfic that I read. In case um, you were wondering okay. who who the uh, anonymous person was, she just gave the game away. So there you go. Okay, I've known for a while <laughs> that, that the furry and the dominatrix ones were her. I feel like See, I knew for some reason. My, I wasn't sorry. I just said my only like feedback was that Quinn would charge much more than five hundred dollars. Dominatrix says charge a lot more than that. I I read that and go er, blah, 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 words. I can do that. Um, I read that and just sort of huh. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> you know what the hardest part about this particular session is going to be? I am not letting myself edit anything. So it's all staying in. Yeah, like we said, unredacted. Unredacted. I mean, the, the, the editor is going to be like, oh, I want to take out that bit where I stuttered. Uh, not allowed to. Well, right. do you make us Wait, does that mean I can say redacted? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, in that case. <coughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you so much for waiting until no one was saying anything because I will break my one rule and take that fucking thing out. <laughs> Or at least minimize it very, very much. We just, we just earned our explicit tag. Click. <laughs> I don't think people realize just how much work you do on the editing. Oh, God, don't start with me. <laughs> well, no, it really. Um, you know, we we have a good time. We have a blast. I've got ideas that I, that I throw out there. And, you know, you guys give me back such good story. And then the sounds that I have in my head... And I give great sound cues. Great sound, sound cues. There's some good ones sound coming cues. up, too. Sound cues, at least. There are a lot of them. <laughs> I'm going to still stick with great sound cues, because it's in my head and it sounds great. And you make it sound like Great also means large. Yes. You could be talking about a mouse. And awesome could be horrible, too. So, um, you know, and you make it sound perfect. Like, it's a, like it sounds in my head, which makes me so happy. Thank you. Yeah. So, like, I obviously was on season one, so I was a 
fan of the show first. And I think I was one of the first people to leave you guys a review. And what I said was that you created a whole world just with the soundscape. Because, like, I've listened to actual play podcasts, but this just feels... It could easily be a scripted show because of how polished it sounds at the end of it. Yeah. Well, and that has been one of my stated goals from day one. When we started talking about doing this, at turning turning this game, because it was a home game originally, we were talking about turning it into a podcast. Uh, there were two things that I was very specific about. First of all, I did not want them to be three hours long, because while that is a good game session time... I know that there are people who are turned off from actual plays by them being three to three and a half, four hours long. I haven't started Critical Role for exactly that reason, because there are a couple hundred episodes and they're all between four to five hours long. So it is a barrier to entry. But also, I am a huge fan of old radio plays. Like one of my, not an old one, but one of my favorites is uh, the radio play of, of Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely gorgeous. And one of the things that really stood out to me about that was that they trusted the audience. They didn't say, oh, I'm reaching for my keys now, jingle, jingle. They just, they got their keys and you heard it and you, your brain filled in what the rest of it was. And we can't do that so much with the actual play because, yeah, we do say, you know, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, or you, or, Rowan, are doing X, Y, and Z. There was a time I dropped my keys on the table and you added that effect. <laughs> Although there are, you do add cues that we don't mention too. Like the one that always reminds me is um, the doors closing on the cars. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, so we get there and... And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hey, the door's closed. That, that like worked. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are a couple of times. That, uh, there's, I think it's in, an, uh, uh, I think it's in uh, episode 17. So, um, well, I, 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 guess, I guess everyone has heard it. When, when <laughs> I had to stop and think about that and be like, wait, where are we? We are completely free and clear. <laughs> Everything you've edited to this point is available. We did not say that we left Ortegas. We didn't say that specifically. We just, we're, we just got the phone call from River about what happened uh, to Katie and, and and all of that, and then um, we started moving. We did not say that you know we shut the doors. We didn't say that we left. But I put in the sounds of doors closing, the car starting and leaving, and changing it over to the ambient sound to naturally guide the ear to where we were going. I couldn't even tell. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's and she that's makes up for our mess up essentially. <laughs> well, and no. it isn't a mess up because, no, because we don't have to say every single okay. detail. Mm-hmm. But for me, I like to have a sense of place through the sound at all times so and that was important to me as someone who loves radio plays as uh, an actor but also as a budding editor I don't go back and listen to the first season because there are many things that I would change now but I also started editing it uh we started recording almost a year ago like I think it's a year ago this month something like that yeah that sounds about right yeah because the, the the fires were so bad for for part of it, and that was in September. Yeah. Um, wow. Because yeah. we would have to. Sorry. Yeah, because no, it it was in September because I I was sitting in in my father's living room, and, and my brother came in and made a comment about how I'm talking about this septic tank. <laughs> <laughs> And hearing just one side of that conversation is really weird. <laughs> yeah, that is completely fair. And that's something that we have to do. Um, so for the recording process, I I don't like doing actual plays or shows with headphones on. 
a, it, it makes it really hard, especially if there's anyone else in the area, because then they only hear one thing. I'm a lot louder with headphones on. Um, but when we're recording to Audacity, I have to have the headphones on. So that's fun. Um, so that's that's a sound thing that, that we have to do to keep the, the sound clean for me. Because otherwise I have I, I go and cry quietly in corners. That's because, yeah, there's it's not like there's any ambient sound that our, phone, <laughs> our microphones pick up. Like dogs. Well, all dogs, dogs. Yeah. crows. Well, I think <laughs> <Yeah>. crows is <laughs> something else. And I think there was a question about like what our setup is. So, and there have been times mentioning dogs. Most you are amazing at cutting all that out, but there have been two times when uh, there were episodes when my mom's dog was at my mm. house and she was clinging to me because my mom wasn't around. And there have been twice where I forgot to, yeah. To re-say something because she jingled, she, you know, colors, and I was saying something at the same time, completely missed it, because if you live with a dog, you don't hear that sound anymore. Well, also, if you have good headphones on, you might not necessarily hear it. Yeah, and there was once, I think it was episode 16, because I was listening to that with my wife just the other night, and she goes, wait, why is there a dog? I go, I pause. I'm pretty sure that was Posey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, there have been a couple of times where we've talked about it in outtakes because Dan lives with uh, a bunch of dogs where we're just like, just write coyotes in or something. Yeah. 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 I have, there are five dogs at the house. And a bunny, are, apparently. And a bunny. a bunny. Five dogs, a bunny, a cat named Sparta, which is bunny. tiny. <laughs> <laughs> you stay away from this bunny. <laughs> Actually, the bunny is available for adoption if you're in the Phoenix area. We're trying to find a new good permanent home for it. Um, but Joseph, we also <laughs> he's not in the Phoenix back area. Away from the bunny. That does not count as adoption. We've got a <laughs> uh, we've got a ball python, and we also have a leopard gecko, and then also my roommates as well. Which some those are up for adoption too. <laughs> the the most recent recording night we did was all of a sudden something was happening, and all of a sudden I go. Uh, Dan, there's a bunny behind you. <laughs> and then the bunny just kept showing up and then was like chasing the cat. And it was adorable and distracting <laughs> that. Well, and especially because we were afraid of the bunny chewing on cords. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. But that's like brings up a good point because we all record in our homes. Like none of us are in studios. And so we're all dealing with the actual outside world and try to keep that out. Yeah, because um, mm-hmm. two of your parents, mm-hmm. uh, I, I occasionally have housemates in the house, and I can't tell them to, to shut up because they own the house. Yeah. Same. <laughs> same. Very important. Uh, if, same. It, but that's okay. They're, they're usually fantastic. Mine are usually fantastic. That's fair. Uh, if it's hot, there, there's air conditioners going. There's always, there's always something. Yeah, if it's hot, I would like to have the window open. But crows. <laughs> they want to join the podcast. They hear the chanting and want to join in. It's too it's too cold where 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 we're at in the story. Oh, true. Speaking of chanting, um, I have to share this because uh, yesterday yesterday all this group without because Joseph was working and couldn't make it up to the bay. Um, we all took the ferry from Alameda to San Francisco to go to the ferry building for the farmer's market and food. And as we're all standing in line for the ferry, my son's with us. He's four and a half. And out of nowhere goes, Aya, Dagon, Aya! 
I uh, dig an I uh, and just starts chanting it for like the next hour, just repeatedly, periodically, as we're on a boat. And where did he get that from, I ask? <laughs> I go over for dinner on Wednesdays, and I am I am TT, which is a gender-neutral form of aunt or uncle that I particularly like. And um, it is a TT's job to corrupt. I will tell you that this morning, when out of nowhere he comes running down the hall yelling, I am taking it Woo! I am taking it Woo! I look, and the one-year-old is in her high chair, and I look at her and I go, can you say, Aya, Dagon, Aya? And she looks at me, go, Aya, Ah, Dagon, Da, Aya, Ah. Oh, <laughs> oh we start all. young. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried, and I was like, okay, now putting it all together, she's one. And then... The four and a half year old runs over, takes her hand, and goes, I did it. And just starts going. I'm like, <laughs> at which point my wife walks downstairs, looks at me. <laughs> Not my fault. And then turns around and goes back upstairs. <laughs> That's the appropriate response. Yeah. So getting to see, you know, Bodlora and Ben with their kids, and it makes me feel so good about the future and about you know, parents, because you guys are amazing parents. Mm. Like getting to see you interact with your kids and, you know, letting them, letting them be kids, but also setting boundaries and just being good parents. And we were around, uh, you know, we were around a crowd yesterday. Uh, you know, there were, there were folks, but the kids were great. And it certainly shows to like who you guys are. So yeah, it was, it was well, pretty my fantastic. Wife. Mm, that huh? was... My wife. <laughs> All right, we can we can blame no no dude. I, I didn't see your wife at all in that. It was all it was all you and your interactions with your kids. You should have your hands not in front of your face. I'm sorry. You're, because we're actually in front of a camera now. So. <laughs> uh-huh. I keep doing I that. I keep that, pulling it down. That was a lot sweeter sentiment than I thought when you said seeing you around your kids. I thought you were about to say I feel bad about a story no. in which a baby gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> at least in this one, the baby came pre-killed. It wasn't it wasn't our fault. Which. Which actually, and actually that does bring up a more serious, positive conversation, is before we went into this season, Dan said, okay, look, I know two of your parents, and when we started, uh, my daughter was like three or four months old, Mm -hmm. like very young, and he said, so there is, in as written, there is a dead baby. This is how I want to handle it. Um, I want to make sure you're both okay with this. And we talked a lot before we went into yes. that scene. Yeah. Um, one of the other things you revealed is because we didn't want to. Again, it's the idea of scaring the players, not the character. Excuse mm-hmm. me, the characters, not the players. Right. Um, but you also told us later that the teenagers in Mustang are supposed to be like 10 year olds. Yes. Yeah. So I, when I went through the adventure first, when I saw it, like, all right, I'm going to have to put a stamp on this to kind of, this is what I know. I know Arizona. I live in Arizona. So it's an adventure in Arizona. I like the concept. I kind of like the dang on things, you know, um, it's, it's, can, can I see your shirt? Yeah. Okay. So it's a quarter of Dagon. There's a beard in the way. I couldn't tell. <laughs> it's glorious. It um, so I grabbed, I grabbed the book. I, I flipped through it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. There's some really neat stuff in here. And as I'm reading it after I purchased it and after I already said that, yes, we're going to do it, there's a lot of things in there that 
are red lines for me. Um, violence against children. I really don't like to have that in any of my games. Home games, recorded games or not. It's just, just not my thing. Um, and then as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, the kids that did the murdering are preteens between 10 and 12 years old. And later on, during the Battle of Mustang, the kids on the bicycles that are the suicide bombers are 10 and 12 years old. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to make the, that's not making my table at all. And I didn't think anybody else would have a problem with me moving that up. So I made it up to the age, you know, to teenagers because teenagers can be assholes. And, um, <laughs> 15, they, 16. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. So can 10 year olds, but true. Th- that's different. Yeah. True. Age of reason, right? Once they're above the age of reason, then, then, yeah. then they're free game in, in the fictional world. That's horrible. No, I mean, oh. age of reason. So what? <laughs> I was going to say, what, what is that? Cause I know plenty of 40 year olds that do not count. True. Uh, so yeah, I I, I kind of had to change that, and I'm glad you guys, mm-hmm. you know, glad it worked out. And yeah, yeah. We didn't. I didn't. I want to squig my players out a bit, but not too too much. Now, one of the things, and I've I've talked to Ren about it on Wednesdays when we drink and go into character and record hour long like in character drunken future things that will happen. That may or may not ever actually happen, but we do. This is why we get fanfic. Yeah. (laughs) No. We'll come back Danny is where we get fanfic. (laughs) And And Jen. Yeah. And Jen. Hi, community. We love you. Um, We really do. But we'll come back to that because. (laughs) Yeah. But um, one of the things I was really amazed by is was legitimately how safe I felt at this table, virtual table, because I sat down with no anxiety about anything except my performance, which is an actor thing. Um, And also whether Laura hated me, but that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Short story, she's really good at getting in character and takes a long time to get back out, especially when she's dead tired at the end of a recording session. Especially when, when we go like an hour over when we over when we said we were going yeah. to be done. I'm really sorry. And I have and I've never had never met her and I have anxiety and I'm like, God, I think she hates me. I think it's not just Rooster. I think she hates me. But um but no, seriously, it was just I feel incredibly safe at this table of this is a game. We're having fun. This is it. And we might get squigged out, but there's a bit where this will be a spoiler. So I'm not, I'm going to be very vague, but Dan and I in one of the interludes have a one-on-one conversation where it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, we just did that. That was awesome. That was great acting. And I've never met this person in real life, but I felt incredibly safe going there. Awesome. Yay. Nice. <laughs> you talked about it a little bit already, uh, Ren. Do you want to talk about how the group started, came together? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to throw this a little bit at Ben, too. So It's my fault. <laughs> Ultimately, it's my fault. It's also partially my fault. So um, shortly after we started on Quest and Chaos, I I have a habit of whenever I am in something or into something that I really enjoy, I talk about it. I talk about it a lot. I talk about it at volume on my social media where it's like, hey, I'm doing a cool thing or I'm into this really cool thing. Y'all should check it out too. And then Ben followed my advice and started uh, listening to Chaos Agents. 
um, on tw- all but 24-7 because I got so into it, Thomas, <laughs> that I basically um, would have it on YouTube at work in the corner of my screen, and then I would listen to it on podcast driving home, To and then my wife was out of town with my son, no daughter at the time. So I would play it until I went to sleep, wake up, turn it on, drive to work, and repeat, and went through like 30-some-odd episodes of the show in a week. Now, prior to that, Ben had not, Ben had heard of D&D, and, I, you know, I had it, it's, it's a geek to, thing. I had Everyone wanted to about play it. my entire life, but um, never had an opportunity. And so this got me then, okay, tar- talking to ran all the time about like okay these are the the rules and i download the pdf of the uh, player's handbook and i start rolling out my first character and coming up with the weirdest character ideas <coughs> you possibly can and and that's um squealed the bard was born yep and um the gobbled bard yep and everything else happened and except for those two scenes in on Quest and Chaos, which I was like, ah, a total fangirling over. <laughs> I'd never played. So he wanted to play, and and he, and he came to me and said, uh, my birthday is in November. I know you're super busy with everything that you're doing. Would you be willing to run a one-shot for me as a birthday present? And I said, sure. That sounds like a great idea. Um, I don't know who you want to play with, though, because everyone that I that I play with are also in, like, five or six other games, and I feel bad asking them, so... This is this is your thing. You help you help me figure this out. You you ask who you want to play with. So I asked Seth because I've known Seth for a long time from SCA. And, and Seth, mm-hmm. Seth was also yeah. a Q in yeah, Exactly. I mean, I'll tell my part, which is that um, I have been in the SCA for a long time, which uh, Ben and, and Tiana are also part of. And then a, a few years back, I joined uh, the West Kingdom Choir, which is part of the SCA. And, and guess who was also joining them almost almost, almost exactly ex- the same I was time. Like two, a week off? I was like one or two weeks ahead of you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> also, special thanks to West Kingdom Choir for creeping us the fuck out with the chanting. I actually took a Go video of, 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 of us all like walking around the microphone chanting because Alessandro said, this is an old radio trick. It just also happens to look like a ritual. <laughs> so, so anyway, It'll be uploaded in a bit. This, I promise. This, my story after that is very similar to Ben's of, of, you know, oh, you're doing this thing? Okay, I guess I'll check it out. And like, oh, wow, this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. Please let me do this. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it was to the point that of, of him wanting to do it that, that when we did the Kickstarter for our merch, he, he did the level where he could come and play a one-shot with us, which was uh, the second... Natural one shot Theodore mm. Rising, which we still talk about to this day. <laughs> and, and God, that scene of you and Ezra like <laughs> talking, waxing philosophical about your sentient wife's sword. <laughs> the demon sword. <laughs> that that bit was classic, and I was watching that like, and I was totally unprepared for that, and like it was so good. I mean, I just went with it, and I realized, hey, I can do this. Yeah. So we got Seth, and then um, I asked Tom, Mm -hmm. because you had said that Tom is probably fairly free schedule-wise. Right. Well, 
As usual, my birthday is on Thanksgiving, pretty much. Um, I'm cursed. I don't get a birthday party. I just don't. I've had two dinners since my 21st birthday. <laughs> I usually have a family thing. And I was trying really hard that year. It didn't happen. So, in the spring, I said, you know what? I still want this to happen. But can, can we still do this? We played one session, and it was just sort of... None of us were really into it. Well, none of us were really into it. The character... We hadn't really talked about character creation. The characters did not mesh. No. The problem... The problem with having a bunch of loner characters is that getting mm-hmm. them together into a group mm-hmm. is well nigh impossible. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and there were a lot of loner characters. That, uh, and I was like, I am not a good enough DM to handle this. Because that was your first, or close to first DM. It wasn't my first, because I had run the, the Stranger Things uh, right. two-shot at that point. But it was it was very close to my first. But I, I was like, I have an opportunity. I'm not letting this go. Mm-hmm. I had just won the Nord game. The Quartz Toil. Yeah, I had gotten the Quartz Toil Tower. Um, and I and I read that through as the first time I'd ever read something as a GM. And I'm like, this is cool. I want to run this. It's also brutal. If people get the Quartz Toil uh, Tower uh, Talk to module. Me, please. Yeah, it is brutally difficult, and you're going to want to try and nerf a couple things or give them an NPC to help them along. Because even when Tom brought Joseph in, because we needed a fourth person, because we were dying, <laughs> and also Tom couldn't, Tom had to leave. He was unavailable, and he reached out to me like, "Hey, yeah, these other people that I kind of was uh, we had start. I joined the discard that you guys were in before that. Was that before or after we had done that Call of Cthulhu one shot? That was before. That was before. Because I had done a Call of Cthulhu with my with Tom and my brother and another cousin. Uh huh. Um, and, and you're that, Tom's cousin. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Tom's my cousin. <laughs> and so we had done that, and that he made a channel on that Discord, mm-hmm. which is why I was in the in that chat when you guys were looking for another player. Right. He reached out to me, so I joined. And from that, uh, we, we, we played through Quartz Toil. Yeah, which was um, actually my first time playing d and I'd been watching, <laughs> watching shows. The yeah. first time I played was about a year ago. Well, and I, I should mention that on, on top of all of this, when we first planned this, you wanted to do your get-together. And it was supposed to be, we're all going to get together. We're going to spend a whole day, oh, eight yeah. hours plus, playing D&D. Wow. Which was going to be that great. Was, that was March of 2020. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, it was... It was uh, fall of it was 19 for my birthday yeah. and then we're like okay we're still gonna do this in march and then no and then oh. 2020 happened yeah so that is how the group all initially came it came together it was me being in questing chaos and shouting about the things that i was doing these two getting into D because i was so into D, and then bringing in tom from uh questing chaos on the call of cthulhu side and then him bringing you in. Mm-hmm. And that's how the original five all came together. And then uh, Tom started uh, reading through Delta Green because he really liked he really liked Call of Cthulhu, but felt I think he said that that it wasn't quite like real enough or something like that, or it was too hard to access because it was it's the really 1920s. Campy, which I like about Call of Cthulhu, but <laughs> right. well, it also depends on who's running it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he started reading through Delta Green and said to us, "Are you willing to learn a new system?" We would. I, I would love to play this and run this. And we played Last Things Last, which is probably the best starter Delta Green um, uh, module pretty much in existence. I know that there are other places that you can start, but Last Things Last is phenomenal well, for it, bringing the group together and then going and cleaning up after the previous cell. And it comes with the starter book or the... 
uh, handlers. Start. What it comes with a quick start? Yeah. Hmm. So we 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 played the first session of that, and I looked at the makeup of the group with who was playing and the characters that we were playing, and was like, "There's something magical about this. I think that there's something unique enough about this that we need to turn this into a podcast." And I brought it up to Tom first because I was like, this is going to be more work for you because <laughs> running, being the handler of a podcast is comes with different expectations than being the handler of a home game. Uh-huh. You have to have a lot more of the interconnectedness. You have to have a lot more forethought. There's more to it. So I was like, I understand what I'm taking on as volunteering to edit this thing. I did not know at that point <laughs> what I was actually volunteering to take on, but I had an idea. I thought I knew. And so I brought it to him and said, I would like to do this. I was pretty sure that people would be hesitant about it because I know that my friends tend to be introverts and shy, like I am. <laughs> <laughs> well. When you're in a group of introverts, even the, like if you, yeah, I think you're, you would you consider, bleh. would you consider yourself extroverted or more introverted? I'm very much one of those uh, extroverted introverts okay. where I'm either on and I'm 100% on talking volume or I am shut down reclusive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm also a theater person. I'm a performer. I'm a storyteller, whether in writing or, which brings us to something else we'll talk about we'll later. Talk about that. Um, but, but at the same time, what I was talking about a little bit earlier, my anxiety of, oh, I feel like I said something wrong or I hurt someone and I'm just shutting down. Mm-hmm. And that's what just what I do. Yeah. But this opportunity, I was like, Oh, that is scary as fuck. Let's do it. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I I brought it to the rest of the group and said, if anyone is hesitant about it, we won't do it because the comfort of my friends is paramount. And um, everyone was enthusiastic about the idea. So we agreed to give it a shot and be like, we're not going to tell anyone about this. Not yet. We're going to do a couple, a couple sessions of what became season one. And see how it works out. See if it's something that we actually want to do. I will say that uh, Last Things Last really set the precedent for us. <clears throat> That's supposed to be done in three hours. Oh, we did, I think, two sessions. Two well, whole I, sessions. I think I joined uh, like an hour late because I had to work. Yeah. But, um, but it, yeah. it actually worked out really well because we didn't really delay for you. We, we just did the other, picking we up all the other characters up, yeah. who just picked up me last. So <laughs> for those who, who haven't read Rowan's report on it, uh, because I do have the, the, the report, the written report up on the Patreon, um, Last Things Last was when our cell came together. Rowan got the, the message from uh, Delta Green and said, you've been activated. Welcome to our cell, Agent Rowan. And she had to go, she was given information on her three agents, uh, Rory, River, and Rooster, although they didn't have code names at the time. Part of what, of her picking them up was being like, you need to have a code name that starts with the letter R. She went and picked up Rooster first, and then, and then she, she picked up Rooster first, he tried to pick her up. <laughs> so things have not changed. <laughs> She's, you know. That was, that was written into, like. The character, yeah, he was going to do that, and we'll and we'll get into that yeah. in a bit, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, she's you know early thirties, blonde, blue eyed, in, in, in a suit. She but... wasn't even thirty yet. You're right; she was twenty nine. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, that's redacted. Apparently not. Um, Unredacted no, reports. No redacted. None here. Well, <laughs> how long, well, how long ago was that, though? Dun dun dun. 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 <laughs> 
which was the 1950s. <laughs> Whoa. So, Rowan's actually 80. That that's the she ages she she ages well she spent too much time around. The I, I don't do that. I know. Men think cosmetics. I would be a fun Delta Green character like a oh like, like a, a mar- yeah. like someone like, like, next session is just a pyramid scheme yeah. everyone. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm putting that in I'm putting that into to an alternate backup character now the uh, the one who's been around forever is just oh. actually really mm. old. Uh oh! The wheel. We fit too close on something that he's already been out planning. Or he, or he just got ideas. One of the two. Mm, so. Ophelia getting youth. <gasps> oh please! No! Yes! 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 Yes, but no! Oh my God! Rooster's going head over heels. He'll have he'll have to get in line. I did just check my text messages, and I did send a text to. Uh, Leanna, my other cousin, mm-hmm. about, about the, that, like, hey, we might be doing a podcast. It was August 27th. Oh, my so, gosh. Wow. Almost a year ago. Yeah, that's incredible. So she she went and picked Rooster up first and told him, you know, this is, there's a mission. And he said, oh, God, yes. <laughs> Very much a John Watson reaction to getting back into the into the field. Then she went and picked up River. Who was having a cookout with his family? <laughs> oh boy! So, right? Yeah. I am. I actually wrote into the report. I'm pretty sure that that his wife thinks that he's having an affair. <laughs> yes, like, I think. I think what the way we started out, out is, you know, Tom asked, "Okay, what would your character be doing on a weekend?" That's I right. Say, a Saturday morning. Is yeah. there a pandemic? Yeah. No. Then we're having a barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> and that was actually one of the things we decided then is. This world that we're playing in a better world with no pandemic, only Eldritch Horrors, it's a much better situation. Right. Well, I mean, the pandemic happened. It just got yeah. handled quickly. Mm-hmm. And competently. And, mm. Yeah. <clears throat> so, went and picked up River. At that point, Joseph had gotten home from work, and we were like, okay, we're heading over to Travis Air Force Base. Get in the car. Let's go. <laughs> and then we headed out into the end of the mission. But... Yeah, uh, we learned pretty quickly in in that session that we do handle things very slowly. We handle things very methodically. Dan, how, <laughs> how, how long was the uh, the adventure for Ex Oblivione? Thirty two pages. And two of those pages are the cover and the and the and the uh, abstract in the front. Yeah, and there's quite a few other pages that are a lot of uh, world building that really doesn't come into play. And we turned it into eighteen episodes. How many episodes were you planning on in? Planning for our slow, methodical stuff. 16. A, you six, said 16. Six, 16, yeah. <laughs> and then we went back to the annex. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, yeah, not sorry? That's okay. We. It was... The game is designed... Ex Oblivion is designed to be pretty quick. And even though it's set up to be over a bunch of days' time... Um, actually... The, the amount of time it's supposed to happen on the summer solstice on, solstice, on, yeah. on the 22nd of June. But the agents get into town December 9th or 10th. December? June. Not December, June. June, June. June 6th. Well, June. June, June 6th, depending. Yes. So, yeah, it starts in June. And then, you know, June. But it, June 6th it, it, was, it was June. supposed to be two weeks worth of stuff. And we just kept getting really? so close that... Yeah, that I had to move what the time table. You, you guys just took for took forever in in you know character development and role playing, which I absolutely loved. I didn't care that you guys took forever. That's, that's the fun part for me. It is the fun part. It was the great part, and also allowed me to throw in more stuff into the story itself because there is a lot that 
was not included in the in the original the original story because I wanted to make it more make it personalized. Yeah, personalized. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Kiss, kiss. Oh. <laughs> I stole it from Ann Bishop. I suppose you can steal it from me. <laughs> You're not wrong. Ha! You can't steal that from me. That's mine. Twinkinigs and shit. That you can steal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was probably the phrase I got brought up the most. <laughs> yeah. So you guys did. So you guys did. Last things last. Y'all survived. Yes. Are, I mean, do we want? Are we able to like spoilery slash? Do we want to explain what happened? Because that was yeah. Because yeah. that was the defining moment at, at the end of Last Things Last that really started, at least for me, the connection. What? What? What, what? Why don't you tell us what Rooster's original plan was? So I would like to say. I did not read Rowan's report about Last Things Last. I've only read and listened through season one. So I I know the scenario from reading it. I don't know what you guys did to the scenario. And same. Like, I have heard, listened to season one. But there were times when you guys referred to a past, yep. you know. Um, Shaver Lake. Yeah. Shaver-like. And I was like, what happened? Even I'm in the dark. <laughs> Which we did on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so I so, guess we so, should so start with us, the characters. Yeah. So tell, tell us about Rooster. So I've said this um, a couple times on Discord, but Rooster was 100% Tom's idea to start with. Um, He had this, he was inspired by the song Rooster by Alice in Chains of the character who came back from the war and couldn't cope with real life because that he survived and had this idea of like a washed up vet whose life sucks, and I really leaned into that, um, and said, for me, since I'm, he said, yeah, you know, that guy from the Central Valley, I'm like, yeah, I know those guys. I grew up there. <laughs> um, who, and part of it, as maybe a um, blanking on the word, coping mechanism, like hits on the younger girls playing the old vet guy thing, that was part of it. Rooster was going to die. Yeah. He was intentionally, I was supposed to, at some point in Last Things Last, make a tactical mistake because he was, uh, had a bit of a white knight thing going on and get killed. And it was supposed to be a shock for the rest of the players. It was, it was supposed to be at the septic tank. You've read the, you've read the, 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 Mm -hmm. uh, setup. Okay. The, The problem with that is that I played him too tactically smart the whole time. <laughs> so when we got there, I realized, shit. Because I didn't know what was coming. So for, for people who are not familiar with, with the scenario, uh, the, the short version is that we're cleaning up after uh, the, last, the last member of the previous cell that, that lived in the Bay Area of our cell for us. And um, he, he died recently of natural causes, a heart attack or some shit like that. And we're going through his things and we find out that there's a cabin out on Shaver Lake mm-hmm. where there's there's no other sign of there having been any kind of work done except for a backhoe that was hired. And we're all like, well, that's weird. So we went out there to find out what was going on, finished cleaning things up. We cleaned up everything that was in his apartment. We found out there that he had been doing stuff that he had found in his Delta Green work <laughs> to try to bring his dead wife back to life. Ah. And succeeded. We, well, he succeeded, kind of. 
in bringing something back. There was something back that was trapped in the septic tank. Got it. Yes. And <laughs> Nothing. I'm dancing getting ideas. <laughs> and we, 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 found, we found a note in, in there that said, if you have found this, if Delta Green has found this, I messed up. I couldn't do what I needed to do. And there's, there's 20 gallons of gasoline in the, in the shed. Got it. So we went and found uh, the, the thing <clears throat> in the septic tank. Now, now it's not a spoiler anymore. Rowan has issues with being trapped underground in a closed facility. So she looked down, saw that, and went white. <laughs> and I, as a player, went because I was still brand new. I had played at this point a grand total of like two sessions of mm-hmm. any role playing game ever. I had run a. It was okay. It was fun, but I learned a ton from that course Toil Tower thing. Mm. But um, I mean, I'm now DMing our home game, which also includes a bunch of the people here. <laughs> um, and when I say our home game, I mean one of Tiana's many. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in that game right now. <laughs> don't look moment, at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there's opportunities twice. for me to come yeah. back at some point, but I'm not we, in it right we now. We will make you come back at some point. Yeah. But so I looked at it and I immediately realized, oh shit, this was the moment that was supposed to happen when Rooster had just said burn it. But the, but the <clears> problem <throat> with that was, was that both of us looked at it and went, we're, we're, we're going to destroy this thing and we're going to be careful about doing it. Yeah. And so I, as the player, looked at Tiana and said, are you sure about this? This is your call. You're the boss. Meanwhile, River and Rory were like, that we'll th- be at the car. That thing's alive. We, we, well, we, we, it was, we, yeah, we it was a very it. Dis- interesting moment. Yes, because of, like, there was a voice coming out of the septic tank asking for help. Yeah, it was yes. interesting. <laughs> they had been the in there for moment. three months. That it'd be a, in a septic yeah, tank. It was definitely a line in the sand moment like, that was very yeah. interesting to look to see how our characters reacted. I, I, and in my mind, I'm going, no, River knows that this, whatever it is, is not really human again anymore. So he's not going to shoot Rooster to try to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a reoccurring theme. And, 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 and for, but that's exactly it. And for Rowan, it was very difficult because she was looking down at this person and saw her own face on it. Because it was like, this is someone who has been trapped down here. She is emaciated. The, the light hurts. Everything about it hurts. Can't imagine why she would see anything about her in there. But she looked at it and went, there's no food in here. There's no sign of waste. So this person has been down here trapped for three months and there's nothing that would have kept it alive. And her intelligence won over her gut reaction and said, we need to kill this. This is not human. Whatever this is, it needs to go away. And so I, as Rooster, gave, in that moment, because uh, he was supposed to die, gave control of the moment to Rowan, which worked character-wise. And then he said, you don't need to be here for this. I can do this. And she said, yes, I do. The other two left because they didn't want to be there. And that moment define for me at least defined um rooster's relationship with both river and rowan a lot Hmm. that that's why he because he realized river's smart but he's got a really big conscience that's gonna get in the way of when ugly things need to be done yes which is why I personally lean more toward being River. Than <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but he also learned that he had thought of Rowan as like, you know, the lieutenant right out of school, that he was a gunnery sergeant. It, he, did, it didn't help that she was 29 and looked younger. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, can do, what kind of chops does she really have? And he re- learned 
oh, I can depend on her to make the call, make the right call, and be there for when it's not pretty. And so that defined a lot mm-hmm. of those two relationships. And it's hilarious to me because in, in normal life, Rowan and Rooster would have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> She's a Bay Area bisexual woman. There's no way that she would have had anything to do with a conservative guy from the Valley. Yeah. And yet, and there's <laughs> their a lot relationship of, is phenomenal yeah. to me. And there's a lot of stuff that he should be that I refuse to play. And well, yeah, well, because of that. It's like I refuse to play the built-in misogynist misogyny, racism, other things that he should have yeah. for that character, but I'm just like, no. Yeah. That's a, a line in the sand for me. Yeah. So, and that's how we all came together, and that's what happened with with Last Things Last, so. But how did the other character, so like that's, he was supposed to be my throwaway character. Even into Big Sky, we were still planning on killing him, and I said, I really like yeah. playing this character. I think there's a lot of depth here. And then Ben told me about the other character who was supposed to come in, and I said, please don't. Rowan will drown him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. You think Rooster is bad. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. think Rooster's bad. The other one is worse in different ways. Yeah. Well, I want to know, when you guys decide it was going to be a podcast, a little bit more pressure knowing that an audience is going to listen, did you do more character development that wasn't there when you just were playing for fun? Yes, because I realized I was going to be playing that character. Right. And not <laughs> so for, for me, for me at least, I always dive really deep into my characters. So oh, I never do that. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what that's like. Yeah. Um, Rowan, for me, so I'm a huge file of the Dresden, a uh, huge file, Jesus, a huge fan of the Dresden files. And, and for me. Don't worry, we can cut that in post. <laughs> what's this we um, first of all what's yeah. this we second of all I'm not touching it I'm not touching it um, that's what Rooster said about Trevor do you want me to finish the story or not <laughs> this happens all the time on stream and we have to go alright right. <laughs> yeah. it did happen a lot but believe it or not it happened a lot less than you think there are tangents we went off tangents we went off tangents gloriously oh but after we kind of got our groove, um, and once we all started getting into the setting, we really stayed on track quite a bit more than your regular home game. Yeah. Where home games kind of were just like, ooh, hey, pretzels. Um, and, 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 and when we didn't, it was because we needed to pause for other reasons. Like there were dogs barking or uh, people coming and going where we had to pause anyway. So we would tangent, and that's where you get a lot of the fun outtakes. Or the, um, or the safety check-in. Yeah. That was not a tangent. That was a semi-planned break. Yeah. Which we kind of did again recently. At least it was the, after the session, did kind of a check that took a while, kind of emotional check-in. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about that because that is in season three. (laughs) You'll you'll know more about that later. Yeah, back to your question. So you were pretty developed first line. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a huge fan of the Dresden Files. And for me, uh, Lieutenant Karen Murphy is like the ideal of what a cop should be. Mm. Especially a cop who is dealing with weird stuff because she's part of the the special investigations team. And her dad was a black cat Mm. who investigated all of these weird things that go bump in the night. So for me, Murphy... Murphy was the perfect base. And if you if you know the Dresden Files, blonde hair, blue eye, martial artist, and but, but, but doesn't have any kids of her own, I may have stolen a lot from Murphy. Made her a bit taller. That's about all I did. <laughs> but then I combined Murphy and me because, I mean, I can, only, I can only play aspects of myself. Yeah. And then I 
put her into, in, in, into a situation where there where she'd had trauma and said, go forth. Let's see what you do. <laughs> what about you, Seth? Oh, I still haven't done much character. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the mysterious I mean, one. <laughs> okay, now that somebody has asked what River's wife's maiden name, <laughs> I can tell you that she would not have changed her name when she married. Oh. So it's still Marsh. <laughs> I have no oh idea what God. it is. <laughs> that was from the Discord chat. You'll just choose a Patreon's name. <laughs> but, okay, but, no. but I do totally see Jen being someone who would keep her maiden name. Yeah. See? So where did you come up with the idea for a river? Um I mean so so I mean when I when I do something like this, you dive deep deep into the mm-hmm. character and backstory? No, I don't. <laughs> I I don't dive. I just sort of swim down purposefully. That's diving. That's, okay. that's what you call diving. <laughs> I've been watching the Olympic. I don't know where I was going with that. That, that analogy got away well, from me. You failed diving in high school. But, but I, dive, <laughs> I dive into the rules. So, you know, mm. we were given the, the what... The, like, the need to know document, I think yeah. it's called, mm-hmm. that gives the basic characters. I said, now nah, I'm, I'm going to go buy the investigator's <laughs> yeah. handbook and read through it all. And, you know, basically, uh, at some point, EPA caught my eye. That's a neat choice. Like, there is a lot of Be- cool Because, stuff yeah, that, I mean, that book has a huge array of government agencies some of them like, how do you actually do this? <laughs> um, I didn't want to do kind of the default FBI agent because I wouldn't know how to make it special. Um, I, you know, it's yeah. just the, you know, the EBA yeah. thing is um, is but, just, it's grand. It's a great idea. Um, and you know, having somebody with a scientific focus really appeals to me because mm-hmm. I'm that type of person. But also, you know, oh, I can do this and still have a badge and be able to do, carry a gun. Mm-hmm. Well, an extreme affiliate was basically perfectly set up for the yes. way our group was was yeah. created. It was an FBI agent heading it up, an EPA person who was looking at all of the, the scientific heavy metal poisoning, a doctor, yeah. and then the person who makes sure we don't die. And, Tom, yeah, Tom and, even told me as much. Like, oh, you yeah. just handed it to me. When I told him I was gonna, my parent was gonna be a doctor and mm-hmm. EPA agent. Yeah, it was it was a perfect setup. Like that that scenario was basically written for our setup as a team. And, and then from there, I mean, okay, so part of the character development in Delta Green, you have a certain number of bonds oh, yeah. that you need to pick. Mm-hmm. And, I, and remember, I'm making this character. We are not thinking about doing a podcast, <laughs> right? And, and that's that's part and, of it. Yeah. And, you know, from from the way the game is typically used you know these bonds are just it's a sink for sanity yeah <laughs> and so i just said okay i guess he's married and he has a kid and and a couple other things couple you friends know, yeah he, okay his other bonds are his his best friend and his his colleagues um and i didn't put any more thought into that than that and then all of a sudden we start <laughs> big sky <laughs> And I'm role playing this conversation with his wife. <laughs> oh my god, those were painful. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Joseph? Um, I 
I haven't done as much character development as I'd like. I'm just because <laughs> I'm so busy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you but, also weren't part of season two, so I mean, you yeah. didn't detached yeah. for mm-hmm. so long. Yeah, so I'm ex- I am excited to jump like kind of head first. Yeah, pr- into, pr- like, prior to us starting to record season three, the last time you did anything was in November, right? Yeah, like the November was when he finished se- uh, recording season one, mm-hmm. um, and then we just jumped back into season three a few weeks ago, maybe yeah, a month a few ago. Weeks ago. So it was a yes, big. I, yes, yeah. I, I did take a month to uh, to get the the first few episodes edited and out. Yeah, I think we released the first one. We released the first episode after we'd already recorded the whole yep. yeah, first season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I uh, like the idea of playing a doctor. Uh, I'm a pharmacist in real life, so just able to draw on similar knowledge base, and then the, to make it a little more unique. I'm like, oh, what if he's in the military? Mm. Um, and then ended up going with Air Force because there was an Air Force base in the Bay Area. Um, yeah. It's a lot easier, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, I'm excited to dive more into it. I only have a couple bonds. Because one, he's a doctor, so he doesn't have a lot of bonds. And then two, because of the background um, I chose. I think with any, when you're making a Delta Green agent, you pick like a, how you got involved mm-hmm. and roped in. Yes. And I think I was looking at it recently. I've noticed all four of us picked different. There's like four options. Wasn't that interesting? We each picked a different one. <laughs> yeah. There was four different ones and we each picked a different one. Yeah. Well, again, I didn't really pick mine because I didn't put a lot of thought into making the rooster character sheet because he was going to die. Yeah. I was putting all of mine into who would be Router. Yeah, I know. That's all I know about him. Um, yeah. But so, like, <laughs> yeah. No, me too. Um, but Do so, a one shot with your no, <laughs> backup character. No, I want to strangle that character. <laughs> that was going to be the whole point, was to be the asshole. And then I figured out that I have more fun being the equal opportunity asshole that Rooster is. But um, but so I started doing research like, oh, he was a Marine. He was special ops. Well, what are the Marine special ops? And I came across Scout Sniper. And now I'm like, I put all the stats into strength because I thought it was like Call of Cthulhu. You got a damage bonus, which you don't. Whoops. And so I'm looking at the stats now. And if I were to make the character knowing what I know about him, I would do it completely differently. <laughs> that, that was a question that came in from from the, the community about what you would change if you could on your on your sheet. Everything. I mean it was <laughs> it was specifically directed at River, but I think it's it's a reasonable question for all of us. I think my biggest thing well I don't it was hard for me Sorry, to justify <laughs> character background wise, but there were a few times where I wish I would have had stealth because <laughs> Without it, like, I wasn't, I, my character couldn't do this or that. It came up a bit during Shrimp Farm. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, oh God, I wish I could have done that. Yeah. Stealth was one of the ones that I feel like Rooster should have more but doesn't. You doesn't have more it. than the base. Most people don't. I have, I think, a little bit in mine. I don't remember. I don't have it yeah. cheap right I've got 50, but I feel like as a sniper, he should be more much more. higher. Yeah. The two, and this, of us, the two of us have the base in it. I think this is the hard thing about playing a game that is so real world it's harder to justify some of these um skills when you when you've created a psychologist you know (laughs) like i because when i was creating it i was like what in my backstory could justify her having stealth and i just i couldn't Mm -hmm. Um, but the but the being a triathlete helped I mean, yeah. at, at, at points, I mean, at, well, at, at any yeah. other layer. This is, Ugh, when I create gosh. characters, I 
just create the character. I don't think about what is most advantageous for the game. So, Dan, you're like, you got, you're going to be in Arizona. I don't think you need swimming. I was like, she's a triathlete, so she has swimming. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if it's going to help with the game or not. <laughs> it's just the characters become the characters. And so there are stats. Like, there are, some of her stats are completely useless but it was well, useless it. in that sense and, and at least that scenario other ones right possible future but scenarios. i was all but i was also creating a character that i knew was just a guest star and even regardless of that i didn't try to maximize stats based on i, I just well, i always just create the character first and that's, that's part of what makes quinn so real and so mm-hmm. and so interesting is that yeah you know yeah. she's not she doesn't feel she doesn't feel like like a min maxi low personality yeah. character right I think that was one of my favorite scenes with Quinn in season two was when you guys went on a run mm. and they got the <sighs> dust storm. It oh, <laughs> yeah. was so much fun. Where it was yeah. like, where are we going? Star- there's, of course, there's a freaking Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> it was know. fun for me, too, because I did not know this was a real thing. Yeah. I thought this was something that Dan was making up. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. I actually was in Arizona when, when that episode came out, and I heard all about it from Andrea, because I was sitting at her kitchen table when she was listening. She's like, okay, let me tell you about this. <laughs> so I heard all about it. My, I don't know. My personal favorite scene between the two of your characters is the very final bit because that's when I started shipping the two of you personally. I did not realize how shippy that scene was until I went back and listened to it again and was like, oh my god. <laughs> it's been so long since we recorded and I haven't yeah. listened to Basically, it. Yeah, this was before the fanfic thing happened. For the record, this was before the fanfic. This was long before the fanfic thing, so I take credit for this one. But basically, the the, the, the scene was uh, Quinn came over and uh, after getting called back in with by, for the... But, by the director yeah. because they're like we're gonna you know debrief mm-hmm. you we're gonna we're gonna do all of this which I haven't listened to that interlude yet nobody's listened to that interlude only you and I know about this <laughs> this is yeah Ooh, this is the fun thing sometimes you guys I, I don't know about like the secrets between <laughs> cast is really fun it's, it's very interesting well because I haven't had time to edit the interludes yeah. yet um, well even like the first scene with Rory in the first episode with the rabbits like none of you guys knew anything no. about that <laughs> but it didn't pay off until the interludes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I listened and I was like, what? <laughs> so normally you mentioned like secrets between. Yeah, but sorry, characters. finish finish real fast. Oh, what happened? Oh yeah. So um Quinn comes over and sits down next to Rowan and is basically like, hey, they're calling me in for for this. And we're both just sitting there against the wall inside the safe house, just breathing hard, like exhausted. It's been a long, long day. And it's only it's only noon. <laughs> and basically, um Quinn Quinn is like, you know, um, in case our in case our paths don't cross again, it's been an honor working with you. And Rowan's like, "Can I can, can I call you for like shrink stuff because you're a shrink who's been out in this? I might need someone to talk to." And you're like, "Yeah, you don't have to pay. It's fine. It's five hundred dollars an hour, <laughs> <laughs> but more." For that. Well, and then. Uh, I said, I hope our paths cross again. And you laughed and said, I hope not professionally. Mm. And I was over here yeah. like, oh, well, next time I'm in DC, I'll look you up. We can have a drink. And you said, that would be perfect. I went back and listened to that and went, oh. <laughs> and that's when Kiana <laughs> put so in that <laughs> I will say I have thought about writing that one myself, um, but I actually refuse to write any of the other characters because I just can't get in their heads. Well, and also it's it's a, it's a bit of a weird line, right? Because yeah. if we write something, it's canonical. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least semi-canonical. Well, I don't know. If he wrote something about two other two other pseudonyms. <laughs> but I could, thought about it. <laughs> it could, like, color how you play mm-hmm. in the future. Exactly. Yeah. If you start imagining, like, it, other yeah. worlds. That's really one of the reasons why I, like, I only glanced at the fanfic stuff. I will not go into it because I do not want to be influenced and yeah. somehow somehow put that in there. And while some of the stuff or all the stuff is great, I can't do it right now, folks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't read any of the fanfic partly for the same reason, but also because I am shy and easily embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I've read all of it. <laughs> So with pride. Uh, and I other- am I am a longtime fan person. I have been in the online fandom community since I was 15 or 16 years old. Well over half of my life at this point. And I write fan fiction. I have read fan fiction most of my life. This has been part of my fan experience. So when I found out, Danny, that someone was writing fan fiction, I just about vibrated out of my chair. That was one of those, <clears throat> oh my <throat> god, we made it! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> so you were saying about secrets. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. So um, at my tables, I like I like to play with an open table, open secrets. Um I've been I've been involved in some form of role playing games for thirty years. I started when I was thirteen. Like April thirtieth, um, I received the black box of D anD D, and I've been going full strong. My parents were like, "It's a phase." <laughs> nope, I'm now getting paid to do it in other forms and fashions too. So it's not just a phase; it's a long phase. <laughs> um, but I found out that. If you keep secrets completely to yourselves that are never exposed to the other players or to, you know, to anyone else, they're only for you, right? It's not – it you, you lose it. You lose all the cool stuff. Or they're like, oh, I've got a secret. And everybody else is like, I don't care. But <laughs> if you seed or if you have open secrets and let other people in, they could play into it. And having other people's input into those secrets just allows it to bloom and blossom and grow it's kind of like miracle grow because once somebody else knows that secret and they're like oh i've got this cool idea on how we could wrap it in sweet let's do that mm-hmm. oh god you said that now i'm imagining quinn as a chia pet what <laughs> miracle grow and the short hair and the- oh. <laughs> this is how my brain works <laughs> go on and this and these are the things that i usually cut out <laughs> go so, on please so you know having Everybody, all the characters do have their own secrets and their own things, but and they're they're all being exposed slowly throughout things. There are secrets that I don't even know, and I'm just making most of the shit up. Um, <laughs> but like, we're trying to figure out, you know, we've got backstories as to how certain people got hooked into things. We've got Rory's backstory, we've got Rusha's backstory, we definitely have Rowan's backstory. <laughs> we kind of have Quinn's backstory. <laughs> It's and been it, mentioned, but not really come out. And then River's backstory <laughs> is going to be a focus someday. So Sorry. you better start writing that. Oh no 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 no! no, no, no. no. He's okay without knowing. <laughs> well, talk about back. that. Talk about that in the character creation. What you've said. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, looking back at it, I, I totally copped out on the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> And threw the three Tom under the bus at first, and now you, because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know. So, trying to remember what order it came in, I had the basic idea, and and if you haven't heard River's backstory, it is covered pretty well in the uh, 
interludes after season one. Um, what we know of it. What Just River much. even knows of <laughs> what it. Even River. <laughs> what uh, Seth knows of it, too. Yeah. <laughs> also, yes, also what Seth knows of it. Um, okay, part of the fun of role-playing games for me is being surprised. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I want you to keep secrets from me. Um, there are some times when it makes sense for, for the player to know mm-hmm. something about what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, if, if it makes sense to take, take me completely by surprise, please do it. So, I mean, I, I came up with the general idea of, okay, he was doing an e- investigation for the EPA. It looked like, you know, environmental crime turned out to be something completely different. Um, and but in the back character generation for this, if you pick that <clears throat> particular scenario, <clears throat> which is what things man was not meant to know, mm-hmm. one of the things that it changes is you get a disorder. Mm-hmm. And I said, looked at them, I said, you know. It would be really cool if he just didn't remember it. Amnesia's great. Amnesia is candy for, so, a, for, a, for a GM. So the fact that you're like, uh, I don't really know. I'm going to throw it under the bus. But, for me, it's like, oh, no. I'm so sorry. The other side of this is, you know, I had ideas of, you know, what the unnatural creatures were doing in some sense, which basically, you know, there's a mine. Miners are getting sick. Something is feeding on them. But I don't know the mythos basically at all. So I had no idea what could have done this. It was a parrot shark. <clears throat> Maybe. So, so that was part of my motivation of, of, you know, throwing it back to the handler saying, okay, you figure out what, what these things were. And I've got some fun ideas. None of them are fully fleshed out yet because we've got a while to go for that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, why? Any fun questions you want to you want to talk uh, about, Joseph? Let's, I'll look. Th- I guess if you guys want to pull them up too, we can. If anyone. So, we we asked the community. We asked you guys to give us give us some questions, and we bugged you, and we bugged you every week Frequently. for it. And uh, we bugged you so hard that you guys sent us about seventy questions. Yep. <laughs> yeah, just a few. Uh, and there's some of them have like here's my first question and second and third all in one mm-hmm. response. Oh, the, yeah, I think the first thing I've answered just, a few of them already. Yeah. Yes. But one thing I think that'll cover a lot of a lot of it is um, Tom had to leave his personal life. Dan is the handler. We're not getting someone new for season three. Right. It's not going to be a rotating hand. Dan's the handler. Yes. Yeah. I have plans and fancy pants to match. Indeed. Yeah. So life happened. Tom is off on another, as, as, as Dan said, Tom is off on another assignment. Mm-hmm. And we wish him well in whatever else he's working on. Yep. And I've got, yeah. Um, and there's plans. There's plans. Um, as for the idea of possible like guest GMs coming in, I don't know if I would want to do that as being a canon type thing with our cell. Because believe it or not, um, as chaotic and as crazy as some of it sounds, I have it pretty wound tightly, so if somebody comes in and screws stuff up, then I'll be like, no! Then I'd have to rework it all, and I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to that. But for 
you know, outside stories that still happen within the world. I think that would be a very cool idea is to, you know, let somebody else take over the jam seat or maybe I get to play for, you know, a short shot because with these guys, there's never going to be a one shot. Even, <laughs> even, it's my, even chaos. short is a relative term. <laughs> even my audition game, <laughs> which I've run at cons in a four hour time period. Two sessions later. Two sessions. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that, how you did get involved. Oh, yes. Andrea. <laughs> no, really, it's true. Yeah. So uh, we we found out that that Tom had an attack of life and needed to not be a part of the podcast anymore. And so I started, I started looking around for uh, uh, an, uh, another handler. She's waving at me. <laughs> Hi. <Those> eyes. <laughs> Terrified, aren't they? Uh, so I, I was talking about it in a group chat that that I had uh, with Andrea and a couple of other people, and Andrea was like, "Well, what about Dan? Dan has run Call of Cthulhu a bunch of times. He knows the mythos. He know like he may not know Delta Green, but he's a really good storyteller." And she told me a story about a con game where everyone was sitting out in an open player because at, at con games you're you are a table in the midst of like thirty others going on. Yeah. So it is pretty noisy, it's well lit, and they were all sitting around the table just shaking in terror at what Dan had done with this particular story. And I was like, that's what I'm looking for. So I messaged Dan. He was, he was my, my first choice to reach out to as a new handler. And he was like, oh my God, I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time yes. anyway. I love audio dramas and podcasts. And uh, we dragged him in for uh, an audition game because we wanted to make sure that the the four core players uh, uh, vibed well with him. Joseph also had an attack of life and needed to not be a part of the the, the second season. But it was still good to... to but we wanted to make sure that that, that, that we got Joseph. So we did play uh, play Dan's con game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we recorded it, so maybe... We did record it, I and I intend at some point to release it as patron content. I just haven't had time yeah, to that's... deal with it. It oh. will be with very minimal editing because yeah. Tiana cannot be bothered. Um, and also, to answer another question, yes, Rory is coming back. We'll be back as regular player. That was uh, Quinn was a... Unlucky that we lost Joseph, but luckily that we got to bring in Laura for lucky accident. That was actually one of the question, first questions. Exactly. Was, are we ever going to get a season with both of us? Maybe. So that was actually Maybe. my Which would be, I would be question. very interested to see their yeah. character dynamic. Yeah. That was actually totally. my question as, yeah. as a... Um, as a test, I think. As a test for yeah. the thing. Yeah. But I would love to have... Rooster would hate it. Um, <laughs> we just I, have to figure out the scheduling now. Yeah, absolutely have to figure out the scheduling now. <laughs> Don't make me edit something with five players. <laughs> <laughs> just cut it down with four. <laughs> it's just another line, right? It shouldn't be that oh, hard. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we ran a, I ran a, uh, an audition game, um, a game that I've run at at cons, and it's a, it was a Call of Cthulhu ceremony, uh, scenario, and it is really tropey. It's the dead uncle that left you a house. The house is haunted, has some weird stuff going on in the house, and there's tons of breadcrumbs and investigation. And from what I heard of, you know, season one, because I had been listening, um, you guys like the investigation thing. I'm like, all right, cool. This will fit. And then he underestimated us. For the record, I don't. I'm terrible at that part. (laughs) Or I feel like an idiot the entire investigation part, which is part of why I lean into the character stuff so much. (laughs) I love the invest like, like oh, what's like the Sherlock 
like figuring it out, puzzling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that that is the sort of thing that is just mm, bread and butter for me. See, all you have to do for investigation is, is roll a critical sass class on your forensics. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Kind of becomes tropey for your character. <laughs> he keeps rolling really well on investigation and forensic stuff. I, his, his dice have decided that he is Sherlock Holmes. And then I keep fumbling on what firearms. On well, or there's the stairs. There's the worst or firearms fumble. Oh. Or stairs. My favorite part. Second favorite part. First favorite part for, for Quinn is kicking the dude yes. when he's down. My, <laughs> wait, wait, what? When, when kicking the guy in the bar. <laughs> Miss Quinn, it's like Quinn. Is he telling the truth? Uh, I don't know what you mean. Kick. <laughs> Love that. One of my one of my yeah. next favorite like things that made me chuckle and like just laugh and feel good in episode eighteen when the bomb goes off and everybody's running and River falls um, and your voice you're like oh oof first the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> And it just made me so happy. It still makes me happy. <laughs> I just listened to it this morning. That whole sequence was amazing. It's just the collective groan. I have to Iconic. It really was iconic. It's maybe the, the, the groan when, when it was called for, and then also when he failed it pretty badly. Yeah. We were all just like, oh. Well, I think one, that one of the questions was like, why did you decide to make him break his leg so early? And it's like, we did not decide anything. The dice. That was, that was the night. So we record two set, uh, two episodes per session. We take a break usually, usually, usually. But that session, I think you rolled like five crit fails. So so what? Several eighty eights. It started out before we started recording. Oh, yes, Brad was practice rolling and rolled really well. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Okay, I'll take a try." try. Eighty eight got a fumble out of the way. No. Nope. Then we started recording. My first roll, eighty eight. <laughs> Then we get to the stairs and I roll and I look at this. Is it an 88? Nope. It's worse. 99. <laughs> it was almost the worst fumble that you can get. So um, back to the back to the, the the audition game. The game is not has traditional tropes, but it has a different ending. It's it's not a everybody goes crazy or dies. You actually kind of have a happy ending in the game, and we had a lot of. Uh, it was happy ending. It was, yeah. it was. I think the one we got to, I think it was. For, for yeah. Call of Cthulhu, it was a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah, you guys ended up on a different planet and seeing your uncle. Except one of us got left behind and was going to be like, what the fuck? Who? Yeah, for The sure. one that we thought escaped. <laughs> and uh, so at the end of the, at the end of the session, um, Ben goes, I just want to make sure that you can do the creepy, creepy tone and, <laughs> and voice. We've gotten really and, so and, and so theme. silly. We had gotten just really silly with it. And I was you, like, I think you it. got really silly with it, Mr. Dilettante. You I gave did. me a dilettante character. What no, do you want not. me to you do? You hold up. You chose the dilettante character. You let me choose the dilettante <laughs> character. <laughs> we do not get to take responsibility for your choices, my friend. By the way, this was when I was in the middle of binging uh, Great Dane Society at the same time. So I had Emma in my head. The whole time. <laughs> That's a terrifying thing to have. Yes. So, yeah, I think I got the tone. Yeah. Theme. Yes. <laughs> no, no, okay. Now, to be fair, it wasn't me going, well, it no, was no, the, no, no, no. It, it was the, so, you know, we had had a lot of fun and I loved your storytelling. And it was a, I realized we got silly and that's my one legitimate concern is making sure 
Oh yeah, it was def- definitely a legit concern. I'm just yeah. giving you shit about it. No, dude. I knew where I could go with it, and I knew we had fun. So oh, my ca- yeah. my character ended up doing Carlton screams right and left. It was, it was great. great, and then became a sniper. <laughs> so that okay, okay, that takes to okay. another question. We're coming around to the cameos question. <laughs> yeah. Right. At the very bottom, there's a question. All right, hang on. Oh, Let me. Wait, I, I, I have to. I have to get to my notes. I have actually <laughs> read all of these questions. Were all of Ryan's squad cameos? Who were they? Yeah. All so right. some uh, of them were really obvious. Some, some of them some, I have no idea. Some some of them are very obvious. So we had Ezra, who was Ezra Denny, a keeper from from Call of Cthulhu. Uh, the the staff sergeant was Thomas Cook, nicknamed Cookie, Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> which is something the Marines would absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's not listening. He just went. Assistant Staff Sergeant Amy Pooja, although was only ever referred to as Pooja. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was Logan Reynolds and Drew Hippauf, which are combinations of of Andrea's name. Andrea's legal name is Logan Andrea Hippauf Reynolds. Which you'll probably see if you order Birds of Paradise. Order Birds of Paradise. Do it. (laughs) Um, But... It actually threw me the first time because I got it signed Logan Reynolds. And I'm like, Who's the, or just signed handwritten note by Logan. And I'm like, Who the <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we had it that, uh, that apparently Drew took on uh, uh, Andrea's last name when they got married. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Nuke is a reference to uh, a friend of mine who is from Kiev. She left Kiev uh, a couple weeks after Chernobyl, so uh, that's why. And she also joined Nuke. joined the army. That's why we that you know we nicknamed her Nuke. Um, we literally nicknamed her Nuke uh, Nuke as well. Um, Bronco Watson was just a name that I liked, nicknamed Denver. I liked Mo Hussein because um, also to tie back into the idea of um, uh, inclusivity, I wanted to include all kinds of people into the game. Um, my NPCs are going to be from all walks of life because they're in life and we don't just hide them. Um, and then we've got Ashley Ripley, <laughs> who has nothing to originally had nothing to do with any of the other QNC products. Aliens. Parker Robertson and then Jordan Cogswell. Um, Ashley Ripley, Parker, and Jordan are all the characters from I think the, the ones that you three played. Yeah, yeah. I, I I played Ashley. Yeah, they were from the original yeah. uh the, the audition game. So. And it took until oh, up until a week ago or whenever when I was re-listening to that episode and he said Cogswell's the marksman and I go, wait a second, Jordan Cogswell was mine. <laughs> oh, Cogswell was the sniper. Rooster's, ah, oh, I see, I'm dumb. Got it. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that was the entire crew and where they all got their names. Uh, two were ones, two were names that I liked. One, uh, one's a friend and the others are uh, either types of folks with QNC or from the audition game. All right. We've answered a lot of these already. We talked yeah. about fanfic. We talked about... <laughs> well, okay, so actually I kind of want to go back because you've read and written fanfic. You've been mm-hmm. part of that community. But you're also so in Rowan's head so much. Mm-hmm. Was it difficult at all for you especially that first one that's long going and well written and oh my god the dialogue that danny writes is spot on on. um but was it difficult for you to kind of separate it or did you see it as different versions or how how was your approach with that so because you've read the entire all everything that's been written so far i get story time at night it's great (laughs) (laughs) i love it um 
For me, when I am approaching a character, and I don't know how much you do this as well, Laura, when I'm approaching a character that I am uh, playing, I take, how to put this, I see every person as being like a jewel of some variety, and I take a facet of myself and expand on it to turn that into a different character. They're still part of me, but they're not the whole of me. So Rowan is like me in a lot of ways, but she's very different in a lot of ways. Um, she's a much more confident leader than, than I am. She is much more, um, this is going to sound weird, but whatever. She's more physically aware of her own body because she's a martial artist. She's always aware of what she can do, where she is in the space, and always tactically aware of everything going on. She is also a Slytherin Hufflepuff mix, like I am. She is way more Slytherin than I am. She is so ambitious. Like, she joined the Alameda uh, County Sheriff's Department at age 19. Fresh out of high school, brand new, and kicked ass with it. But because of all of that, because Rowan is... I, I, I play her and I'm in her head and I understand her, but she's not me. So it's not too difficult for me to look at it the way that I do other characters that I play, other characters that I cosplay and read it and go, you know, I'm not seeing my face on, on Rowan's body. I'm seeing, honestly, Kate McKinnon, <laughs> because uh, the, the, the way that Rowan looks in my head is very Kate McKinnon. Now, someone so did have a question about like fan art or like descriptions. I think we've gotten a little bit of descriptions. Mm -hmm. We have some art. Are we doing, I guess there's plans for... We're, we're, we're yeah. going to be releasing that. But if we want to go around the table and describe whatever, what, what our characters look like. Uh, we've done it a little bit. I'm on mission. I'm invisible. Yeah, we've done it on the podcast at yeah. least a couple times. And it, I, I'm sure I've done it differently each time because I don't yeah. remember what I said. <laughs> uh, basically, I mean, Rooster's basically Steve Rogers mixed with um, Nathan Drake. He's got the kind of like square jaw, six foot hero look. Yeah. Or another question I saw was if an actor could play your character. Kate McKinnon. Actor, which, yeah, <laughs> I knew that answer was coming. Yeah. I see. I look much more at like the acting ability more than the look. So, and I'm also, I've also got a four year old and a one year old. So I haven't seen a lot of new media in the last <laughs> several years. I'm way behind. So I'd be pulling a lot more from like, the 2000s. It, it, for you, it would probably be like a younger Nathan Fillion. Th that's exactly what I was going to mm, say, yeah. actually. Mm -hmm. Like a Firefly-era Nathan Fillion, but yeah. blonde. What about you? I don't know if I have actor references. I mean, you asked me for a mm -hmm. It's so funny enough. For her look and not acting, I had seen, I don't remember the movies. Old Guard. Oh, I love the Old Guard. Thank you. I, I, guard. I remember that very specifically because I had to go <laughs> and, and look for that screenshot again. I, I, I need think, to watch. That's been on my list. Yeah. So this uh, actress was like so striking. She's just one of the background Marines, but she has the shaved head. Um, she looks of Asian descent. And I just loved the look of her. And then I just aged her up. So it's nothing about, she didn't act the way that Quinn act, but just for the look um, I mean, I, so Quinn is Thai. She's part Thai, at least. Um, I usually try to have Asian characters because I'm Asian and representation and all that. Um, and I had the backstory that her sister is going through cancer and chemo. And so Quinn had recently shaved her head. Um, and just, yeah, so I had the look and then obviously the personality just came from. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love From, from yeah. opposition to us. <laughs> I love well, pretty much. that yeah. story, the way that that un sort of came through 
over time because I remember halfway through asking, it's like, so does her sister have cancer? Is that what's going on? Well, that was fascinating the way you revealed it. And the story got brought in a lot more than I expected it to. I mean, talk about like throwing plays for Lou. Like when the family members got mentioned, you know, by by name. Yeah. That even creeped me yeah. as a player out, but it was so powerful. So I'm happy it happened. So, same. I actually thought for a while that Sammy was the one who had cancer. Oh, because because of the way that, that you guys had talked about her at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had thought that that was what what the hard day was about. Oh, and then there's and then of course Sammy and Sammy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Who's, who's uh, Quinn's Sammy? I don't think I'm. Her niece. Okay. Is Sammy. Yeah. Which is short for Samantha too. <laughs> yep. I had no idea what your character's names of, were. I mean, of course, she yeah. she she couldn't have known because it really hadn't been revealed. We had talked about Sam. Hodgson, but not really expanded, and that her family nickname. Please turn off the buzzer. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't expect that. And that, and that, that her family nickname with her brother was Sammy, but um, it hadn't really been revealed. I guess it's okay to say her name is Samantha Hodgson. She goes by yeah. Sam with people who aren't family, and usually Sammy with people who are family. Though I think she's going to start twitching at that as memories are coming back. Yeah. It's okay, Sammy. No, it fucking isn't. Okay, I had a physical reaction. <laughs> but it is you're a good little interesting girl. creating a character when you're coming into an existing group. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, because I very much did need to fill a gap in a way mm-hmm. while still creating a character that <laughs> I related to. I know. It was yeah. interesting seeing all the times like, oh, is there a but medic? Especially in the Love's Mission episode. I was like, oh, that's right. I didn't <laughs> yeah. fill it in the way that you expected because no. Dan is the one who came to me and said, there, there's going to be cults in this. So I think, um, you know, your, your character is a psychologist, psychiatrist that specializes in deprogramming. So I, being the actor, did a lot of research on <laughs> uh, deprogramming. And I said, well, uh, technically she would be a psychologist, not a psychiatrist. Psychiatrists are actually people who have the medical training and can uh, <laughs> prescribe you medication. But I said... Unfortunately, that doesn't make sense for my character. So she's going to be more psychologist. So we don't have any medical training. This <laughs> it, was, there, there, it was fun seeing Rowan step up, though, yeah. for first aid this season. Decent <laughs> first aid. But also, I mean, th- there was a question about whether or not there was mechanical stuff for uh, helping with insanity. Yes, but it never came up. Yes, but it never really came up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So talk about stats going unused. Corey <laughs> actually has a similar yeah. level to Quinn. I have a, like a oh really? Yeah, which is really funny. <laughs> we didn't realize that until toward the end of Big Sky that he or that he has like a seventy in psychology. I, know, I, think oh, it's wow. the, I think it's sixty. I think it's the same. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but it was. I didn't like when I was making my character. I wasn't looking too much into like if I'd redo it. That's probably the thing I would change. Is I would take that lower and maybe add some pilot sure. skills. Because he's oh, in the Air Force, Air but, Force I, but yeah. I have zero pilot right now. Oh, man. Having, yeah. having a pilot skill with, with a helicopter, that would have been That would have been, great. like, I would have loved to have made that tweak. Yeah. Yeah, because that was yeah. the one thing when I listened to season one, I was surprised that Rory didn't have that yeah. mm-hmm. coming from the Air Force. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not everyone in the Air Force. Yeah, I no, yeah, yeah, off right. of the doctor, but, like, but. stat block, and then tweaked a couple things. But yeah. I think if I redid it, that's probably one thing I would change. That was basically what yeah. I did with Rowan with the FBI thing, too. The only thing that I really added that was uniquely her was really good martial arts and uh, Russian. She, does, she she speaks Russian. That's, that's what she periodically throws out there. Mine was pretty much straight from the operative. Hmm. Um, like, because he was going to die. Right. <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, going back to the question we had earlier of what would you change on your character, Pete? Um, 
Honestly, given the choices that were available, nothing. Fair. Okay. That's I mean, I'd like to have more <laughs> hit points and sanity, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm grateful nobody's died yet. None yeah. of the characters have died. But it, it, does amuse, <laughs> yeah, it does amuse me to try to get in a first aid roll at every... <laughs> I'm actually Game human. That system. Or Game that I'm actually system. that's what I'm doing with human. But <laughs> I'm up to fourteen. I actually need to start using my first aid because I've got you know being someone out in the field. He has pretty good first oh, so aid. I've never more. used it. That's good to know. Excellent. Uh-oh. Well, that's okay. now, now that we have Rory back, but yeah, Rowan. Oh, Rory. that's right. We need to get Rory incapacitated so other people could utilize it. <laughs> good job. Or, or or just have multiple people hurt at the same time so that he stop <laughs> talking about it. Stop giving him ideas. No. <laughs> yeah, as, as for Rory, about the for what I picture him looking like, I don't know if I ever gave a good description on podcast. Um, but like, not, not really, because I, I went back yeah. and listened and went. I think we missed it, <laughs> and we, like I never got back to it. But yeah, I was thinking like Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen Order, the video game. Because mm-hmm. okay. uh, Cameron Minahan is the actor that they, I uh, did had. not realize that Rory was a redhead until until I saw the art that that uh, Rachel did originally. Mm. I was like, yeah. oh my god, he's a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I also we have two blondes and a ginger. There's a lot of Doctor Who references in Rory's yeah. game. Yeah. I also <laughs> didn't realize Rory was gay until the interludes. Wait, what? How? How did you miss it with the phone? Also, I have zero gaydar and worse bi fi. That's okay. The, the the Discord channel portion was great. Oh, that <laughs> was his What about Rory's wife? I'm like, no. No, no, honey. When I saw that, I was like, episode one. Like, okay, so I, I can see what the confusion was. On the character sheet, his bonds is blank and blank wife. Because it's his brother and his brother's wife, his sister-in-law. Because oh, I, I was just having the character. Yeah, I was that's, just what, that's where the question came from. Was, yeah. was, was just seeing wife in there, not noticing that there were two blanked out, blanked out bits in okay. advance. I was just having fun redacting stuff to make <laughs> not that it mattered. Apparently, there was a fanfic that had already been starting started to be written because they were like, "What is what is Rory's wife's name?" And I was like, "Oh, oh no, well, honey, <laughs> well, honey no." no. <laughs> and then when I provided the the, the proper information, they were like, "Oh." <laughs> so, As a writer, so where did Andrew fit into that story? <laughs> I don't know. I I did not read the story. Yeah. I did not. I just had people questions no, because um, we're all. Most of us are pretty active on Discord when we have the chance. Um, <laughs> life. When you we have, have the chance. Life, you know, when, yeah, like, I work I on a computer all day. That's what I do. I'm notorious for missing all the Discord notifications. <laughs> which, which, which is why we, we tag you and things to make sure you see them. But with that, you know, most of us are, are willing to answer questions and engage with, mm-hmm. with everybody. Because it's fun. If, if the answer to something is a spoiler, we won't answer it. But otherwise, we're pretty open both. Or I'll outright lie to you. He will. I won't. <laughs> I'll be cryptic. And I'll put them in the crypt. <laughs> I'll pretend not, to be cryptic, but mainly just be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you do that to Grace all the time, and it's mean. Oh, it's I love it. I, I'm so sorry, Grace. I'm so sorry that he does this to you. I had her believing for a long time that Rowan was going to drown in the tank underneath. But I did it Socratic method-wise, where she said that, and I just asked leading questions. Because because she saw the picture of me recording the sound in the bathtub and was like, what are you using a bathtub sound for? And I said, well, I mean, you know, if someone's in the bath. And and meanwhile, she and Ren were talking all about 
how to torture each character the worst. And it, it was this oh whole conversation. I, I am a fanfic writer. <laughs> I, I, I will I will match Dan in in how to best torment my character because I have ideas. But I write very much in the hurt comfort side of fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't write a lot of fluffy stuff because it's not interesting to me. This is, act- this is what happens yeah. when you read the Melon Chronicles at age 15, a very formative year. Which actually, can we can we sidetrack a little bit on that one? On the writing about char- your characters? Sure. Oh, I'm, yes. Because I'm tell really us, proud of this. About, tell us about writing for your character. So um, I blame all of these conversations, the oh, fanfics, God. and then these conversations with uh, Ren's friend Grace. And then... Grace and I went to university together and we've stayed in yeah. touch. That's the short version. And then Ren said, you two are geeks about the same series. The same series, freaking book series. The same Star Wars book series <laughs> that I've never read. And I need to put you in touch. And so we're texting. And I go, apparently I'm supposed to tell you yup, yup, Commander. She goes, you like Ray Squadron too? Yup, yup. <laughs> yep. And so Someone that starts. And so. And now they go off on history tangents and writing tangents. And I check in every once in a while. And I'm like, yes, I did a good thing. <laughs> well, also because we'll be chatting before you wake up. Um, <laughs> I stay up till two in the morning working on stuff. I prefer to be nocturnal. So I went through like. One morning I did a TLDR version of the end of the Roman Republic, putting things in context. That was interesting. That was cool. I, I got my degree in it, so. I think that you were also uh, watching OSP stuff on that at the time. Because, because. Uh, I was giving that to her it. as a references for this is a good way to look, brush up on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, because of all that, um, I was like, so I'm a writer. <laughs> I'm, I always written stories and I was trying to publish a book for a long time. Um, then just realized kind of the nature of the industry. And as I got older, realized that's not really the story I want to tell. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of given up on that one, but I'm like, I miss writing. I, I kind of want to just write something from Rooster's perspective. And so. What- and, and Grace and I, the enablers said, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which, to be fair, I'm worse. To be fair. I'm I'm just as much, if not worse, of an enabler. Do you need so help? <laughs> yes. <laughs> nope, nope. You gave me... You He's gave trying me to the... do it, like, with no one noticing. Now everyone's <laughs> noticing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> not sponsored by them yet. <laughs> oh. I'm actually... I'm thirsty. I'm debating. Oh but my I'm gosh. terrified. I did I get you sugar-free one? Yeah, you did. All right. I'm debating. I'm terrified. Good. Oh my god. It's, it's only, you know, 2.15. Not bad, okay. actually. Okay. <laughs> rooster booster! Ah. Gets the rooster seal of approval. Yeah, not bad, actually. I so, went through, um, but anyway, so I started writing and I was thinking, what kind of, where could I put an interesting story that isn't just a day in the life because those are boring, because you have to have something going on, and I figured... Let's just see where this goes, and it's something about him at Breckenridge and probably hooking up with someone or something, whatever. And Nine chapters later. Well, first it was like five or six chapters, and then I went through and started editing it, and it becomes nine chapters. Um, Grace happens to be a doctor in literature. Just got her doctorate. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, doctor. <laughs> and her book just came out, too. Yes. Um... 
oh, sh- was it Shakespeare uh, disability in the filmic studies? Filmic stare. Stare. That's right. Sorry. Um, but anyway, I started writing this and I realized, wow, this is actually a really cool, almost mystery story, all from his perspective, writing in his voice. I'm loving this. Enablers over there. And I go, this might be kind of a cool thing to drop, like for. I don't know, for patrons or something. And now um, this is going to be a patron special. And I'm not sure. I think the so, podcast version of this talkback. Is, it is going to be going out the same week as uh, Brazil and Safety On. Oh, yeah. no, excuse me. This is, this is going to be coming out uh, the week after the interludes. And then the following week is yeah. Brazil and Safety On. So next week you will have... Um, the short episode of what actually happened in Brazil and the boys mm-hmm. from Brazil. N- Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't know. I didn't know the name of that movie. I knew it was something. Um, <laughs> A lot of us are, on, on this podcast are kids. Yeah, and, but you'll some, also, of the, some of us are more mature than others. <laughs> but you'll and some of us are older than others. Yes, <laughs> and some of us are neither. Um, but anyway, next week you will get a. Sneak peek episode of me reading chapter one of Safety On. And then patrons will be getting the uh, semi-redacted version of the PDF. Um, and potentially, who knows, we've, we've talked about maybe recording audio for all of them. Maybe even getting other people to come do other character voices and making it more radio play style. We're not sure yet, but it will be released as... and. Talking about, you know, fanfic and stuff. This one's canon. Nice. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, I've thought about doing something like that with with Rowan, but with how the framing device has been set up, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know where I would put a story with her mm-hmm. unless it was while she was in university at, at uh, Berkeley or something similar. But yeah. right now, I just don't have anywhere to put a story like that for her. It's pink. So I'm gonna tackle. A- this is the ASMR section of our Q and A. Oh. I, just, uh, I hate you so much. <laughs> so, to answer one, answer one of the questions, uh, Breckenridge, Dagon, Colton, GMN, how are they connected? They're not. My question. They're not at all. The connection is our cell. The yes. connection is our cell. The yeah. connection is, is, is that we're involved. Yes. And starting to make waves in interesting places. Yes. Like rental car companies. <laughs> there was a question. There's only been one rental car that has actually had my name on it. And it got shot up. Yeah. There are some yeah. questions about setup. I think it's just a bit Dan's, but but my setup's at home. Mm-hmm. Anyone, do you mm-hmm. want to talk about that, Dan? And everyone else want to? Um, so like the like my or, house setup or, or like setup Mike setup and how you prep. Like you have like story notes pulled up on the side or yeah. So I have about six windows six windows pulled up, um, a whole bunch of notepads um, that are pulled up. Um, the patrons will get my notes and what I've changed. I'm just putting up. We're gonna you're gonna get my folder of the stuff and the chaos that's involved. I'm not going to make it all pretty because that's just not necessarily how I work, but it will be all there and you can pick through it, what I used and what I used for inspiration. See, see what threads you can pull on to, to connect in the, in the board. Yeah. Um, so, but as mic setups, I believe almost all of us have the same mic. Yes. That's whatever you told us to get. Yes, because uh, I have been a... Uh, uh, Voice artist, that's the word I wanted, <clears throat> for about five and a half years. And I 
heard fairly early on that one of my favorite YouTube channels uses the Audio-Technica AT2020, and I said, I like the sound of their, the, the quality of their audio, and it's a reasonably decent priced mic. It's like 150 bucks. Cool. I'm getting that. It has been a, I have not had to replace my microphone yet. It is a excellent little workhorse. Uh, and so when we were talking about upgrading equipment, that was what I said everyone should get. Uh, the Audio-Technica AT2020, and we use Audacity. Because it's free <laughs> and, and it works just fine. I have recorded over 50 audiobooks on Audacity. And, and that's and they and don't my, sponsor us, but they want to. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> but that's actually where most of the Patreon funds go, or, or early on is for well, and still and still going yeah. early on. The, the Patreon funds were used to buy Dan's mic mm -hmm. uh, because I mean, we were slow starting out and things are getting very quick now. Yes, thank you. Oh my god, you're giving us money. Giving us money to put out a free podcast. We appreciate it. <laughs> and we, we really do appreciate it. It, it yeah. helps. Um, it helped get me here. Yeah. we th That was part of what we used Patreon funds for was to fly him out here. On Frontier Airlines. So we did go the uh, economic way. But it was still something that... It was only was... business class. <laughs> uh, but still got out here and it was... Uh, it was an hour and a half flight. You were yeah. fine. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm grateful <laughs> for it. <clears throat> But yeah, so um, we, we use the Audio-Technica AT2020 and then basically like an arm setup. I have a little stand that I set on my on my computer desk, which is hard not to back the the pop filter. That's why I don't have that because I know you know that I would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. You also don't have much room on your desk. No, I have a tiny little like four foot by four foot. Okay, I'm used to be a, yeah. It used to be like a kitchen table kind of thing. And so I've got an arm from here, and my mic, the pop filter ends up, like, right here. So I end up having to do this to type mm -hmm. the whole time mm -hmm. if I'm typing something. And I've got... Which is why your typing is always really loud. And I'm I like, do not type while you're talking. No, and I try. <laughs> um, I have said that once in the Discord when there was a conversation. The conversation between Jenna... I, I remember that. Because I was, like, yeah. doing something else. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, uh, it was a conversation between Jenna and Rooster when he, when he, when he was texting her. I oh, was yeah. like, do not type while you're talking. If we need to go back and fill it in later, we can. Right. Um... It wasn't quite what I said because I was. But, yeah. Please do not type while talk. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, and and because I've got as the apparent quartermaster, because that's who I am personally. Is is you know prepared equipment, keep ev you know, sh uh, and sheepdog keep everybody together. Yesterday was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, we it, split it, the party so many ways. Oh my god, we were often like seven different directions. There were only six of us. I'm <laughs> And a four and a half year old who's just like, nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've got like the green box and the go bag and all the equipment list and my service record. So I get dates right if I need to bring it up because <laughs> I've done that much work because I need to go back and figure out where was he stationed and mm -hmm. when and how do the dates of real world things show up? Dates and real worlds. It was completely coincidental. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Quink eating some shit. Yeah, Quink eating some shit. The fact that the fact that the release date um, was similar to the time in game, and that and that and that, the, and that a release date corresponded exactly with when the Abril House murders happened. That was cool. Was completely unplanned. We had already said it to be Wednesdays, partially because we're on the Quest and Chaos podcast network, and there is nothing else releasing on Wednesdays. So yeah, we picked that, the day kind of arbitrarily. 
months ago. So there was no pre-planning this. on that. If that's going to happen again in the future, it's going to be entirely coincidental. Yep. Coincidental. 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 <laughs> I'm not going to write the story just to make sure we hit certain dates. Right. But it's fun that it happened. It, it is was, fun that it happened. It's very cool that it happened. No, it was really hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, if, right. I, if I hear one more person but say could, it's a dry heat. I, I was just looking forward to the opportunity to mess with the fans about Father's Day. And oh, why are we saying this on the wrong day? It, happened, it was funny because I asked a question about recording on Father's Day. And you guys said something like, oh, no, we already had Father's Day. And I was so confused because I hadn't gotten that far in listening to season two yet. I was like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> so, we were messing with Joseph yeah. a little bit. I'm sorry, but it was funny. I'm not. So Father's Day does not appear in the written material. Oh, yeah. Speaking of all. things that changed. Oh, yeah. Because the players hound dog that they wanted to get inside the theater. We need to do that now. Raven specifically talked about the, the theater, and we knew that shit was going down in Mustang. The theater was the only logical place. It wasn't at the annex. Right. but And that, that was okay. But it's like, no, I can't let them get in the theater yet. I cannot get them in the theater yet. And I'm driving Because with the statue my, is being built. Yes. <laughs> and I'm I'm talking with my girlfriend as we're driving and I'm like, they want to do this. What do I do? And she's like, well, what about like have a like a, a celebration or have like a, a party outside? I'm like, perfect. Father's Day. Oh my God. Let's do Father's Day. And they're gonna put a film, they're gonna do like a film thing of all of the stuff from from Massachusetts. And they're going to project it on the wall right above the only door to get in. <laughs> so they will have to either be sneaky, sneaky, sneaky to get inside. Which most of us are not. Which, yeah. Or which is where, which, <laughs> which is what, Which is when I was like, he should be. <laughs> so this was a exercise in railroading. Because the players wanted to go this way. And I was like, hell no. We're going this way. Pulled the lever on that track, and we went off in a different direction. And Well, no, 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 no. You pulled the lever on that track and suggested we go to the annex. No, we didn't. No, I no. thought that was more no. like, you've got a place to wait. No, I said that. Oh, that was you. Okay. I very spit like, because he was, he was trying to run us out of town that night and get us out and just back to Yuma and go to the next day. I was the one who, who was like, they're going to go away eventually. They just hauled the body out. They're going to go away pretty oh, that was, soon. Yeah, that was before Father's Oh, day. right. Yeah. Because it's, we it's, started that session oh, yeah. with, okay, so it's the next day. No, no. no it's not. <laughs> That's a great outtake. We specifically said, no, we're not, we're gonna, we're going back to the annex that night. We said we were going to. That, not the and annex, that's why or, there's or the, the theater. Instead of 16 episodes. <laughs> yeah. That's why there's 18 episodes. Yeah. Also, well, well, all, so why it only take us one week instead of. Yeah. Right. But also, but I have to say, that is, I mean, there's individual moments I like, but in terms of an art, like a cause and effect thing, the we end up at the annex, the sniper <sighs> thing, and. The character interactions because of it. I get chills listening to episode 13. Mm-hmm. Um, Good old Discord. Yeah. But all of that was just like completely accidental and I think just fucking amazing. Yeah. All of us were just – I was on I was on an adrenaline anxiety high for like three days after that. Yeah. I was I, also convinced Laura hated me. <laughs> that was when it happened. <laughs> I, I, I was actually at Andrea's uh, when we were recording 13 and I came out of the closet drenched in sweat. When, when we, it's when, been that – took that long? Yeah. For you to come out of the closet? Wow. 
honey, I had been out of the closet for over a decade at this point. <laughs> anyway. Someone had to go there and say it. No, you really didn't. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Okay. Keep I Brewster. had to say it. There we go. Um, but yeah, I, I came out of the closet drenched in sweat when we were taking our, our safety break. Go sit in the corner. <laughs> I said nothing. You didn't have to. This is also why it went to 18 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this is why season one went to 16. You know what? I'm kind of okay with that because that gave me time to fill in more shit yeah. and figure out more stuff. As they're tangenting off. I'm like, all right, they're doing this. What that was the question I had. How long did you plan on Katie being involved? When day one. Day, day one. Wow. He told me that day actually one. really early on. When did you find out? In, like the same time the characters <laughs> did? Or did he tell you, did he give you a heads up? Um, he, when we were having, you know, that discussion, he, yeah. and it's, you know, part of, part of our safety break that we recorded, he asked me, to is work. it okay to mess with your family? Just, <laughs> I didn't know that it was specifically going to be Katie until it happened in game. I didn't twitch at all to, why are they going to be in Palm Springs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They- and and, and I, I admit that was a little bit of a metagaming thing on, on my part because I knew well in advance that what was, I knew what was going to happen to Katie because Dan told me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I metagamed a little bit on the, on the, on the debrief episode when I was like, when was the last time you talked to your family? Because they're pretty close, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're, they're in Palm Springs. Your family's off on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And yours is in the Bay Area, or in the in in California, in, in uh, the Central Valley. But you said that your family was in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a tiny bit of metagaming on my part, and I apologize for that. But I think it led to some great character moments. No, and but that that's also part of the thing of if you're able to seed or share the secrets, then you get mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not necessarily going to be in the player's top of mind about another character's mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. right? They're going to think about their own stuff. I mean, it just, you know, um, a lot of times when we play, especially since, you know, we don't see each other face-to-face. I mean, it's it's Zoom, but you miss out on on physical cues or somebody maybe, you know, having a, a token or something that, that you'll see. Um, so dropping the little seeds like that allow us to, you know, expand or... <clears throat> Give somebody some knowledge. And I trust my players not to, you know, abuse these things because it's a story tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, day day one. As soon as as soon as we sat down to do it, I was like, I'm kidnapping Katie. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I mean, this is something where, you know, and it's, a, again, this is something we discussed while we were basically interviewing and pre- preparing for you to take over as handler. Of, of, you know, things that we were less comfortable with. And one of them for me is, you know, doing those intimate family scenes because I've been single all my life. I have no experience with that. <laughs> we have good intimate family scenes. Yes. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I, I do want to establish that River's family is very important to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I... So for, there was there was a time, when, especially when things were getting heated or tense, and I was like, "Ugh, I really don't know if I should do it." And then after a little bit, Seth was like, "No, go ahead. You could you can mess with you can mess with my family." And I was like, "All right, it's on," because I had Plan B already set up, and I'm I'm really glad that you were like, "All right, that's that's clear to go." Because and let me let me tell you, there was no point when I had any issue at all with you or any of the other characters. 
what what happened on this is, you know, we had that sniper moment. Mm-hmm. After we got offline, I got in bed, and like I often do, I was laying in bed, <laughs> brain spinning on whatever. And I was looking at that moment, and I, I totally played that wrong. That's what got me upset mm. at first, <clears throat> was River would not have been okay with that. And it, I think it led to one of the best parts yeah. of, of the season. Well, you came to me uh, and pinged me privately and said, and told me and said, I think we need to kind of have it out that we're going to need to talk about this because yeah. River's not okay with it. And so I knew that a conversation about it was coming that night. Who? I had no idea everything else was coming that night. So, but so when the two of you chatted, I was, this was a little bit of the meta myself because I knew that Seth had already planned to like come to Brewster about it mm-hmm. or River was coming to Brewster. So I was setting up a little bit of anxiety of mm-hmm. other anxieties just to kind of ramp it up a little bit. And that was a little bit of meta on my part. But, but again, that's phenomenal stuff. As a writer, that's, that's how I think. Well, and, as, yeah. and as an actor, and, and, that's how you prepare. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a thing where. Honestly, the old me would have just swallowed those feelings and moved on. But because this group has been so open and sharing and helped me trust them, I was able to, you know, the next morning I was able to get on our Discord and say, hey, I'm I'm struggling with how to respond to this. And again, and we, and we worked it out. Yeah. Again, that that's my favorite stuff of this season is the sniper, what happens because of the interpersonal stuff because of the sniper, and then the kind of catharsis after afterwards over drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that whole thing is my my favorite stuff from the season. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was really great to get that interaction between Rooster and and River because I mean because of the of the nature of how we tend to pair off when we we split the party all the time. It's I, it's for me. I really like it because it, we get to see those. Two like mm-hmm. one-on-one character dynamics that we don't get in the group sessions right. because Rowan and Rooster do kind of take over a lot. Yeah, and that's not anything bad. Like it's just we're we're we're, yeah. we're both just very very proactive players, and Rowan is very is very yeah. is very naturally. The and leader. then Laura and I are very reactive. Seth's a little bit of a mix, but it, that's why I do like kind of splitting it up mm-hmm. because then it's like, oh, what happens if Rooster and Rory? Go off by themselves. What's that dynamic like? And I and I actually really want to see more of that and start. Which finding we haven't them. really done exactly. Like well, Rory, of, yeah. Rory and Rowan have have gone and done a couple of things. Usually the truly horrifying thing. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Star Child. Every time it seems. Yeah. So let me let me just uh, uh, talk about because you mentioned the proactive reactive and I and I talk about this. As well, being, you're the one who brought that up. Be, yeah. The being, first time. being being involved in gaming and being a GM primarily for almost all the almost all my gaming time. Um, I've noticed that players fit on the spectrum of proactive and reactive. And if you have all of the characters in one section, the game, if they're all proactive, the game gets to be chaos because everybody's going in different directions um, because they all want to kind of move forward. And even when they start to coordinate, then that's cool, but there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of chaos there. Which is actually very much how, how Chaos Agents is when mm-hmm. on on Quest and Chaos. Everyone is really proactive. Mm-hmm. And I actually find myself sinking into more of a reactive mm-hmm. role because of that, because there's so many proactive players. And then the reactive players take what's, you know, take what's given to them and then kind of move on from there. And so 
Tiana tends to be more proactive, at least in, in our setting. Ben tends to be proactive. Uh, Joseph, Joseph is kind of in the middle. Laura, you're kind of in the middle. You do move too proactive, but then you also react because these two are so goddamn loud. Uh, <laughs> and Seth, you are a reactive player. That's just who you are. But having that mix and having all of the interactions works out really well because then people aren't struggling to get into the spotlight. I have the opportunity to shine a spotlight on one person or two people and they get their time. But if everybody is all in the same group, mm-hmm. like if everybody's all reactive, the story, unless there's a pet NPC, that story doesn't go anywhere. Right. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the proactives to kind of, they're your pet NPCs. Like, here you go. <laughs> toss, toss up. Toss yeah. Up. And, and, you and, and, know, and, this, and, is, this is neither the first time I've been called Overly loud, nor a pet. I, I will say the smoothest, <laughs> I'm not the smoothest games I've played are with players who can sense that balance. Mm-hmm. Because I play with you more than once. And I would say, um, and I've, then I've heard you play, um, you can very much you mm-hmm. know, diff- change between proactive and reactive. I think I'm As the same way. Like, um, I was very reactive. <laughs> Funny enough, in the current uh, Swords and Sages that we're playing, which... Yep. There's plenty of episodes by the time this comes out. Um, my character has been more proactive because everyone else is just enjoying being their character. And yep. so I was like, oh, that's usually what I'm doing. But I guess I'm going to have to move the story along. Well, and that's usually why I, why I lean more into proactive than reactive. Because it's like, okay, we're going to sheepdog and we're going. <laughs> but I agree. You need to have a balance in your group. Um, otherwise, it's competing voices or no one moving forward anyways mm-hmm. and so the games that have dissolved have been when that balance isn't there and yeah. the ones that i've really loved um have been with a little mix of everything mm-hmm. yeah and I, I mean scenes that i want to see happen more often are things with rowan and river because they don't tend to get mm-hmm. paired off very often mm-hmm. with the um because Bruce is very firm about you have a military person with every group and there's always a buddy system but do we find out more about the buddy system in, in episode or in season three? Maybe. But, but that I, is a hard thing is when mechanics fight interesting story. And that's actually something I was thinking about specifically. Be, I, I've thought specifically about that because it meant like in season one. We never had a scene together. No. Yeah. The one t- we were both sniping. We both yeah, went up to the sniper spot, but that wasn't. It was, yeah, it was an action. It was a fight scene. scene. There, yeah. was, there was no. And, and that was the stuff only happening. time we yeah. were by ourselves. And I thought about that specifically mm-hmm. during that, <clears throat> or because of that, when we talked about that personally. Um, that after season two, now Rooster definitely sees Rowan as another capable shooter, and, and I think another combatant. Yeah, and I think I brought that up during that. Mm-hmm. Our sequence of, you know, when this all goes down in Mustang. Yes. You know, doing the tactical, who do I have and what? And he's... And, and both of us grabbed our civilian. Yeah. I, I, I grabbed Quinn, you grabbed River, and we yeah. were keeping them moving. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so partly, again, a little bit of meta to break that up, but also that the characters' perspectives are changing mm-hmm. as well on the team capabilities. Yeah. But specifically because of that, because I really want to see um, what happens when Rowan's not around, when Rooster is the one who usually takes charge of the violent situation. But what happens when Rowan's not around to look to for someone to make the call? 
and he's looking to Rory. How does that play out? Hmm. Because yeah. Rory's a captain. Or does he? And that's something I really want to explore and play with. Yeah, and one of the one of the dynamics that I want to play with is more of the diplomatic stuff because River and Rowan are more on the diplomatic go investigate, mm-hmm. find stuff out. I mean, Rory is too, to an extent. Yeah, I think Rory does have, he has a pretty high bureaucracy sure. stat. Just because of like higher up in the military, doctor. Yeah. Lots, yeah. But also, I mean, sli- slightly meta, you and I have gone and seen some horrible things <laughs> <laughs> Marine, teach me shoot good, not right, not no talkie. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking at you know which stats have I like not used very much, and it's like, okay, drive. Of course, uh, please, please don't use. Have... <laughs> yeah. you, do you actually have you have points in drive? I have forty in drive. So actually, the drive said... the driving thing is actually another thing that came out of Shaver Lake. Yes, um, that's kind of funny, and it's. I've been trying to figure out how to make this happen in our game again. I think it's a fine bit. if it doesn't. Yeah. Because so in 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 Shaver Lake, uh, when when Rowan picked up Rooster first, and that actually became kind of important because he looked at her. She drives a Subaru Forester. He drives a lifted truck, or at least did at the time. And um, he looked at her little Subaru and said, "All my gears are in the truck." So she's like, "Okay." And he and she's like, we have a few more stops to make, including Travis. Yeah, I'm fine driving. Okay. And then we were driving. And what happened with it when it was just the two of us? Was that just the two of it us? It was just the happened? two of us. Okay. So I so preface this, I am not a military person. I don't speak gun either. <laughs> so all the details and stuff, that's all research that I drop in. Um, but I based this on someone I knew who who told me about it who had PTSD from Iraq, Rooster suddenly just swerved, almost going off the freeway. Scared the fuck out of Rowan when it it happened, because she was just like, what? (laughs) Because he saw a plastic bag in the middle of the road. And and in Iraq, they they use garbage to hide IEDs. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that um, has come out over the seasons is Rooster has a purple heart from an IED explosion in Iraq. So we play it off a lot as the joke that because it started that he's driving, he's always, well, there's a great bit where he's like, who else? (laughs) It is not, from my perspective, it's not a like macho, I got to be in charge of driving. No, that is him being protective of as this way, if something goes wrong, it's my fault. I know how to keep these people safe from whatever's happening. Rooster needs to be driving because he's experienced it. Mm. And mm. so, and I never, I don't think I've ever explained that to anyone in terms because I wanted that reaction mm-hmm. of, of course he's driving. Right. But it also, I remember your reaction of, wait, he's giving up driving to Rowan when they're approaching the annex? What? Yep. And it's very specifically because he knows that she's better at it than mm-hmm. than he is, and he needed to be free to be the the, the roving sniper. Yeah, I made that assumption. Um, because again, you have a lot more experience with military people than I. Yeah, do. I've got a lot of friends that that have gone over to Afghanistan and Iraq and to Mogadishu and to just yeah. model the hotspots of the world. And um, war is hell, and uh, it changes a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I have friends that when they try when they drive through an underpass, they actually change lanes because somebody could drop something on top of a car from the other side of the under overpass if they see you there. And so that's kind of where I figured 
it came from. Yeah. Because that seems to be a <clears throat> like a standard driving you know technique, even though they brought it back home because you bring that shit home with you. Right. Yeah, I've done a lot of reading and a lot of um, things I've learned from people I know into Rooster because, yeah, he's the funny character, but there's a lot of trauma under, underneath it all. He's an ogre. He's got layers. Yeah. Well, and he's also very much like Ben in this respect. He, yeah. he handles trauma by deflection and humor. Yeah. Um, and so that's something I've been trying. We spell trauma with a capital, capital R. R. Um, but it's something I've been trying really hard to bring in is not like, um, let me just figure out how to say this, not hero worshiping him as a veteran, but also not demonizing, but making him very three dimensional in that way and bringing mm-hmm. as much of a reality to that as I can not understanding it firsthand, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. wanting to, to honor that reality because that's something that's always it's something that's always stuck with me is the idea of what trauma does to a person and how they move forward. I mean, it, and it, military it, it, trauma is a very specific sort. I have no experience with, and it literally rewrites your brain. Yeah, um, I mean, to the point that one of my favorite books of all time is Ender's Game, hmm. and that affected me on a very deep level when I first read it in high school, and affected a lot of the stories I've told based on that idea of what happens to the person who is forced to do those things. And and so I'm trying really hard to bring that into Rooster yeah. to add that kind of layer of depth. And the driving is one of them. Yeah. Hmm. And Rowan picked up on most of that. Because mm-hmm. she was there when she saw him do the thing yep. and read his file. And she's like, okay. Yep. Which is why she never fights him and is actually surprised when he has her drive. Yeah. <laughs> One more question that I saw that I do want to get to is about NPCs. If anyone has favorite NPCs they want to talk about. Ophelia. Ophelia. I mean, <laughs> that's, the, that's the given, I think. When I, when I first listened to the episode, it was just... Ophelia. Ophelia. Yeah. Um, Ortega. I absolutely love Ortega, and she was a fan submission, actually, mm-hmm. um, because, well, a fan. Uh, uh, one, of, one of our Patreon bonuses is the ability to name an NPC. And we got in Lauren or Lance Ortega. So we got Lance Corporal Lauren Ortega. Oh, is that? Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that a little bit. Yeah. We never heard her first name. So. No, I, but the Lance, that I like that. Yeah, name. which I thought was very cool. She is someone that, that I have my eye on as a backup character if anything happens. Yeah. She's already a friend bling. She'd be easy to pull in. Actually, um, can you, going back to Ophelia, though, can you talk a little Tell bit? Tell us about Ophelia, please, yeah. Please. Um, so Ophelia is based off of my great, 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 three greats, three uh, great Aunt Clara. Um, Aunt Clara was born right around the turn of the century. So she was in her 20s during the 20s. She was a flapper. Um, I have pictures of her dressed all up in flapper garb. She was a rum runner. Um, so she did bootlegging in greater Pennsylvania, like uh, northern Pennsylvania, New York. Um, she's got so many, so many life stories that I've been able to, to share in different different places. Um, her husband left her because she chose to go with another 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 man um, and finds out that Max, who I knew as her husband, we found out later on it was not her husband, um, when, when Max passed, she tried to collect his social security benefits. They said, no, I'm sorry, you're still married. But he has passed, so here's the benefits. She finds out that 
her ex-husband or her husband was living with Max's wife in another state. Um, wow. So yeah, there's that one. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, she was excommunicated from a church once because she found out that she couldn't have multiple husbands, <clears throat> even though that, that church at the time was allowing multiple wives. She didn't think that was fair. <laughs> um, she got ex- The final excommunication was when she shot at some elders um, because they were upset that she owned a, owned a boat and was running booze across the, uh, across the border. And uh, she didn't. They they didn't like that. Like she sounds like a Call of Cthulhu character. She sounds like someone that I would love to play in a 1920s game. Emma. Uh, <laughs> she lived until she was 100 years old, um, and then at her 100 100th birthday, um, the governor came to visit her in the uh, nursing home, and uh, she propositioned him. <laughs> but she said oh. it wasn't free. He'd have to charge. He'd have. She'd have to. He'd have to pay. She'd charge. More than five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so she was she was an absolute joy. She also had six dogs um, throughout her life, six or seven dogs throughout her life, and every single dog was named Tippy. Like even after the dog passed, it was Tippy, and uh, she lived. So she had lived quite a long time, but she always used oil of Olay because she said it kept every day because uh, it kept her youthful looks, and she was just absolute. You know. She wasn't just the light. She was a sparkler. It was just crazy and insane. And she loved making people blush. Um, and I'm not comfortable telling some of those stories on video right now. Oh my God. She, was a, she was a pistol. And uh, when, um, when I was looking through the book, they mentioned a 100-year-old, 100-year-old woman. Um, and I was like, yeah, we're going to name her Ophelia Winters. We're going to use her as Ophelia Winters um, and, uh, and kind of go from there. So, yeah. I, Ophelia is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So anyone else besides Ophelia, any favorites? Season I mean, season I, I really liked the concept of Sodi yeah. as, as, you know, okay, being who she is mm-hmm. and being so damn competent. Mm. I like that. <laughs> I had zero concept what that meant as friendly that we could just ask her for material. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. She doesn't have to say yes, but it's it's, an, it's understood that it, mm-hmm. generally she will, as long as it's, you know. That was a game mechanic thing I didn't get. <laughs> a little backstory about about Sergeant Sodi. I was trying, I needed, the, the written material didn't have friendlies written into the game. And there's a Marine base there. There's going to be a friendly there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let's throw a, you know, let's have it be a Marine Quartermaster because they've got all the cool stuff. And that's kind of, that would be kind of neat. Where does he get all those amazing toys? <laughs> <laughs> and then I happened upon an article about a, about male men seek uh, Marines. And I was like, oh, that's pretty fascinating. And there's a small amount. There's no women seek in the military at that time. I don't know if that's changed by the time this came out. But I was like, why the hell not? You know, um, they're so the character, even though it's not mentioned at all in it, you know, Sergeant Sodi is a female Sikh uh, uh, Marine. And uh, I made mention of it, of her having special dietary restrictions. I think you did actually say it once. Maybe. I think you did, because that's yeah. I knew as I knew that for some reason. Yeah. And uh, that was just something I wanted to put in there. Kind of goes to the idea of what kind of inclusivity that's awesome. that question that's in there is. I wanted to have the, the, the NPCs be part of our world. So we're going to have LGBTQA+. Folks. I love the fact we've got two queer, three queer characters. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it hasn't really come out with with Rowan all that much. Although, to, uh, yeah, with this with 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 uh, today's interludes, um, yeah, she's she's by. It yeah. just it's just never been important because she doesn't. She's she's very Slytherin. She's very <laughs> ambitious. She's very driven. Someone's gonna have to keep up with that to keep up with her. <laughs> I am so looking forward to people's reactions to the interludes. <laughs> I'm so. Are those going at the same time as this, or they the week after? I don't remember. Which uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be coming out the morning of uh, when when this episode comes out on Twitch. Okay, and then so there is a, after this comes out on podcast. Yeah. Okay, so there is a clue about what's Rory been up to. We could talk. Do you guys, do you want to talk about that? Oh yeah, that's fine. Um, Rory's going to Alaska. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna do a mini campaign uh, for Rory to find out what's been going on while he was not in Mustang. Why couldn't he be activated? He couldn't be activated because he was far away. Yeah. But so, when we, we were roasting our balls off, he was freezing his off. Uh, <laughs> interesting. I was about to say something. Well, that was the question. Is, what was Rory doing while everybody was roasting their balls off? And then bad. Freezing his. <laughs> I mean, it's Alaska in June. It's not that bad. No. No, but we'll, uh, we'll get in it. That, yeah. That's going to yeah. be fun. For I'm really knowledge. looking forward to, to seeing <laughs> I mean, how uh, people dig that. Mm-hmm. What? And I think there was one more other question you really wanted. Which one? Mm. There are a lot of them. From, so uh, yeah, do, do we want to like start shotgunning some questions? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, we'll do rapid about fire. About <laughs> oh, there was a D&D. We've asked the fans what they thought about D&D yeah. classes and races. And um, oh, yeah. I was wondering you guys think what your character's D&D class, race, or alignment would be mm-hmm. for your character. I know mine. What do you think? For, for me? Yes, yeah. for Rooster. Um, human, lawful, neutral, uh, ranger. Hmm. I would want fighter, arcane archer. Ooh, yeah. I mean, similar, except that at least what I know about him and his background is a lot more wilderness sneaky. That kind of stuff as a sniper. Just be a fighter with a bow with the Outlander background. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, not not after Tasha. And have and the stuff I've done with the Gloomstalker. No, I'm going that way. <laughs> That's fair. You two know. <laughs> yeah. You've partly seen. I have an NPC who is awful. <laughs> I can't use his full abilities because he it would have on murdered whole, our faces off. Took on their entire party once. Anyway. Um, but no, human for the extra feats, uh, mm-hmm. lawful, neutral, because he has his code and his object, the way he works on objectives, and I'm going to do good and bad things to achieve that objective. I hate alignment. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, me too. Alignment's a guideline. It's an interesting way to look at it prospectively, mm-hmm. but I don't use it. I could rant for three hours. About well, about and we're not going. Square. And we're not going to touch on yeah, that. That's what I'm saying. It's a guide. It's an interesting <laughs> conceptual tool, but I don't use it. Yeah, uh, Rowan's a paladin. Full stop. Oath of the Watchers. There is a very specific oath about protecting the world from from extra dimensional beings. It is called Oath of the Watchers, and that I read that was like. <laughs> uh, I don't know about race. We were uh, Andrew and I were talking about this, or uh, you and I were talking about this last mm-hmm. night, um, where I was like, I don't know. I usually play elves or half elves. I tend to like that. Um, maybe a human for the extra feet, so she has the alert feet because she sees no. really well in the dark. Dark vision. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, she's more like uh, Dane in that sense, and that uh, reasons have caused her okay, to okay. be able to see in the dark. As far as alignment, she started lawful good. She's been she's been sliding. She's much more, especially in the time of the interrogation. She's much more neutral. Good. She's still good, and I will hold oh, to that to the end of time. But she is getting to to the point where it's like there are not laws that cover what we do, and when when the laws are going to actively hurt people because the people who wrote the laws didn't know about this, I'm going to break the law. Which is not a comfortable place for her to be a, from a, 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 as a cop, from a cop family, like fourth generation cop. But that's where she is. Interesting. Hmm. You were like, you knew exactly what Rowan. <laughs> I thought about this. I have this. not no, thought about we, this. We've no. chatted about this. That's where I am. <laughs> I honestly have not thought about this at all. Um, I, but just instinct, I wanted to say that Quinn was a half-elf because there's like an idea when you're half-elf, you're not really accepted by either group. There's this mm. idea of isolation. You're that between the world. She, you know, she's part Thai. She grew up in Texas. So there was always oh. probably this idea of being an outsider. No. These are the backstory things that don't get brought up in game. I only know this because I redacted your yeah. uh, character sheet. So I think this um, idea of being the other has something is... Talk about bringing yourself in um, is always something that, like, she's had to deal with. So that's why for race-wise, I mean, alignment is probably similar, like, neutral good. Um, class, I mean, it's hard. Like, a psychologist, you think, like, a bard because you have to use your words. Mm -hmm. but Or a cleric because you're healing the mind. I would yes. go, like, inquisitive rogue for, like, you get people and you understand how it works and you can manipulate that. You can also, sure. be, a, you can also be a trickster cleric for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to do, maybe the community can tell me what you think Quinn is. <laughs> we've, we've asked this a couple times. I don't remember. Like, but it was early on in the season. Well, though. I did it. I tweeted it recently. I don't remember what the response was. I feel like was. some yeah. things are easier to find, like a good analogy in D&D &D sure. versus yeah. others. Yeah. Some yeah. people were thinking that Rowan was a monk. And I was like, I mean, she's really good at martial arts, but that's not her defining feature. Hmm. Although she's better at martial arts than Rooster is. Community, is be on the lookout for our uh, lovely, uh, you know, questions and polls because... Yeah, this is probably going to be an argument. Oh, I'm you sure. Guys finish yeah. How, how, how about you, Seth? Um, I missed that question, so I haven't thought about it. Um, but yeah, but you know the rules back and forward. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, but this is a no rules question. <laughs> well, no, but it's it's a system question. Yeah. Um, oh, that light dog. I, I'm just I mean, I'm I, just imagining Ezra Twitch right yeah. now. <laughs> that's that's why um, I'm glad the question came up. Yeah, I love you. Why Ezra. do you Why do you think I submitted it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 18 episodes, guys. 18 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to go back to the annex. No, they're supposed to go home. <laughs> River, I mean, I guess River would be a druid. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can totally yeah. see that. Yeah. What's her yeah. call? Um, now that he's um, with us, fire. Well, because my, my, my instinct for him is actually shepherd, because he's more of that protective type. No, I was making a joke about. I, I don't. Rentals. I don't know those well enough to say for certain. That's fair. Maybe shepherd. Maybe land. Mm. Oh, I would see. Circle I could actually land. see. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I, 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 I forgot that that was a thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm druids can cast spells because I know nothing about yeah. druids. I'm just gonna not. I play moon right druids. Moon druids are are op, and I love them. I'm. I'm not getting a good feel for race. Mm -hmm. Race is honestly hard to take. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't thought about that for. A really I mean, long. I absolutely love your reason for behind oh, yeah. half elf. Yeah, and I mean, again, I don't. 
I mean, you decide what his alignment is based something on Something lawful. <laughs> on, on yeah. It's lawful something. I would probably more lawful good. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, you're definitely on yeah. that, like, pow, like the paladin sort of, especially after the disagreements on the sniper and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. willing to turn his head and look the other way when it's necessary. Yeah. So lawful leaning toward neutral. Yeah. Lawful, lawful, plausibly deniable. I mean, let me <laughs> let me say that this as a person who is pretty lawful as myself. Lawful doesn't mean you always obey the laws. True. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. means. You obey your code. You obey what the laws should be. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's the way I think of it. Yeah. Well, see, I and this is part yeah. of the problem with we the could spectrum. Go, we could yeah. go for hours. Yeah. yeah, we could. <laughs> I <laughs> have. Yeah. What do you think about yeah. Rory? I think I mean cleric makes a lot of sense for cleric is easy. Yeah, like yeah. especially like his background in uh, Afghanistan, which we'll probably get into at some point. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like with like mm. battlefield, like. Like medics, like definitely cleric. I don't know what subclass. Maybe more I mean, like war. There, like war cleric, or even like knowledge or some. I'd I, lean more knowledge, yeah. actually, because, because especially with his the, education, with really like high. the hand that he's found that yeah. he hasn't told the team about yet. I need to double check uh, because there's two. <laughs> like there's different. Like his the dichotomy with Rory with healing and like looking learning more about the unnatural. You're more twilight. That's actual. You're twilight, and he's got the flight. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually what I, that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah because mm-hmm. the thing about Twilight is that it is that it's, it stands on that cusp of one yeah. foot in the Which light. Which is why I'm like not dark. sure about the um, the alignment for Rory either. Right, because he's definitely he's probably more good than. But then it's kind of so, like there's all these different things. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is pulling him in different directions. Right. We need to have Spike run a one shot of us as five E characters. Ooh. Oh god. Hey Spike. <laughs> <Okay>. Interesting. <laughs> Oh, I, I agree with everything there except the one shot. <laughs> so what we need well, is to have Spike run a Q and C one shot. He did pull off a, Q, a, a, a true one shot with with the with the Call of Cthulhu characters, or an eight shot for that matter. <laughs> I wish I lived closer. I wish. You lived closer. <laughs> Me too. No. I mean, are, are there any other questions that you uh, are you thinking, I, Joseph? I don't know. Did anyone think of any? Um, so one of the questions that was put out um, by somebody that's kind of famous, Abdul Hal Hazrat, um, asked... We have the Mad Arab listening to our podcast. Yeah. I'm honored and terrified. And they asked, who is your favorite elder god and why? Emma. <laughs> you got a laugh from the control room on that one. <laughs> I, I mean, Emma O, oh, the, 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 the protector of the, of the dead from Japan. No, oh, no, Emma. That Emma. That Emma. I mean, Emma uh, of of bicycling while juggling grenades as a distraction of of incarnate chaos of the sea in Q and C. That Emma. It sounds like a Nyarlathotep aspect. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was actually a head cannon I had the entire <laughs> the entire G- GDS was that Emma was actually one of the aspects. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I. I am still very new to the mythos. Um, I will preface everything that I say with I am very new to all of this still. Uh, my first my first experience with Call of Cthulhu and most of the mythos was Masters of Narlathotep. So <laughs> my, my, my instinct is to say Narlathotep just because of the way that Ezra plays the Black Pharaoh. 
because he does the lean back and he talks and he's very he's very um arrogant about what? how he handles it. <coughs> what and your favorite isn't brown jenkins the things that i just thought are unprintable <laughs> <laughs> So probably the the Black Pharaoh aspect specifically of of Nerlathotep. Oh, I know nothing about any of this. Fair. So. <laughs> this was a question Dan had told us to be prepared for, it and I still forgot. <laughs> you are working like twelve hour days as a pharmacist in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Let's just let's just throw that out there right now. Yeah, I mean, kind of the same thing. I, the only elder gods I know anything about are Nerlathotep and Dagon. And all I know about Dagon is that he's a sea god. Uh, yeah, Dagon, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, honestly, that's fair because I was some... going to go with, with Emma Prime myself. <laughs> <laughs> ah, who, who turned into Nidacris? That was fun. That's different than the Emma I'm a fan of. How about you? Um, Any of them? Or I mean, yeah, I know very little about. If I had done research, I probably could have been able to come up with some. Something like I'm, I'm interested in the Yellow King because I'm passingly familiar, yeah. but I don't know enough to really comment. The King in Yellow. What about yours? Since you seem most yeah, knowledgeable. you know, you know about the mythos. Who's <laughs> yeah. your favorite? Um, I like so Nefron Ka, the Black Pharaoh is fantastic um, because I've run a pretty long story based off of him that's outside of the Master Nerliotep. Yeah. Um, but my favorite all the, all of all time though is Athakwa. Uh, Athakwa is the Walker in the Wind. Uh, and the uh, bringer of snow. Sounds like so, Algonquin. Uh, it is. Damn, good ear. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, you know, all First Nations, Canada, and cold. And I grew up in Pennsylvania, and we had a lot of snow and cold, and we would often gather growing up as teenagers on snow days and play role-playing games. Mm. So nice. he, he was often uh, utilized as a, uh, as a foil, if oh, you will, at nice. times. So I've got a question for you, Dan. Okay. What did we miss? Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, what did you miss? You missed the witnesses. That's right. Because because we didn't talk to the, the, the people who were uh, fixing the houses. Yeah. And one of them was going to be one of the, the, the patrons. And I'm like, nope. Sorry, Mr. Powell. You're going to go elsewhere. Oh, interesting. And then did, Jonathan did Powell became, became, became the British man. Okay, for, okay. Jonathan Powell, for the record... <laughs> I, the player, was convinced that there was something nefarious Mm -hmm. about him. I happen to know that that, that he was a patron NPC. I was just like, no, no, show me the gills. This, no, this guy (laughs) is trouble. I'm going to shoot him. I have no reason for it. And I'm like, I'm running out of ways. This is all going to come back. And then after the session, Dan just goes, so Ben, um, Jonathan Powell's a patron. I'm like... Now here's the thing. I have no problem with killing patrons, especially right in front of your patron. Well, I, I, I'm not going to kill patrons. You guys give us money and yeah. love us and support us. Very much. Patron named characters. Yes, I mean, Price. We killed Chris Price right in front of right in front of Rooster. Well, and technically, uh, Eric Allen Raven died while Rowan was watching. Yeah, she watched it through the binoculars, yeah. and I. You guys haven't. Uh, some of you haven't heard this yet, but in the coda, she very specifically says that the last one to drop was a teenager dressed all in black. Mm. So what did you guys miss? You guys uh, missed the whole boy. <laughs> um, you guys missed the 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 witnesses. I had like voices and ideas planned out on how they would respond. I've got my notes on how they would on how they would go. It was one of the one of the times when I really plotted 
you know, the witnesses besides. <laughs> and, then, and, then and, then we, like, <laughs> and then we taught you not to do that. <laughs> yep. 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 So yeah, that one that one got missed. Um uh, don't put your hands in front of your face. I'm thinking. <laughs> People want to watch you think. Uh no, that's you guys we covered pretty much everything and you guys actually uncovered more that's not in the book. Like the <laughs> nice. fact that the stationary store is just a blip on the map. There was nothing written about the stationary store mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. That There's, was totally Ben going. There, there's it's not so even a grocery weird. store. There's a dollar store. Why is there a stick? What? Yeah. The, the, and the fact that, you know, uh, Albemarle Marsh, which turned into, you know, a a, effectively a full episode because it was half of one and the other half of the yeah. next one, which was great. Mm. Um, that was all, that was, that, that was off thing. the cuff. That was that night. That was, ca- uh, that came up with that night. Uh, uh, um, the, the motel that's got the pirate theme, I just kept with the whole like nautical theme throughout the whole thing because it doesn't tell me anything about the other stuff that's going on in town. They're just like, here is the theater and there's this rest of this town and there's a map with all these other pinpoints. And you guys are like, what does it, what's, what's here? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's here? I don't know. And then Albemarle. I don't even know where, Albemarle is a place. I was wondering about that name actually. <laughs> like, and I didn't want to call him Al Marsh. Because there's other, uh, you know, Albert Marshes. And I'm like, all right, Albert Morrill sounds cool. And it kind it of fit. hard to say, but it was yeah. cool. I didn't realize that that first L was in there until I read the um, the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to write it. I wrote it out. And it was like, oh. And then you're like, we're going to go through all their stuff. I'm like, what stuff does he have? <laughs> and that led to the music box version of the Aya Dig and Aya oh. song, which I went and. <laughs> Can we I, talk about that song, by the way? A little. Alex. Buddy, friend, pal, what the actual fuck? <laughs> okay, so the story behind that one, Dan, I, I, I read, I read through the scenario after after we finished because mm-hmm. I do that. I like, I like knowing what we missed, and there is no mention at all of an oath to Dagon. Dan came up with that because Rowan's backstory from the beginning, from day one, was that she had been a captive of the cult of Dagon. Dagon because I knew he was a sea god and she was in the San Francisco Bay Area. It made sense. And then I found out that the Ex Oblivione was all about the, the cult of Dagon. And I was like, fine. So then he throws in this, this Oath of Dagon thing, specifically Which, to mess with Rowan. And the Oaths of Dagon are canonical in the, in the mythos. Not how we have them written, written differently, but still, still similar ideas. And there's four oaths. You guys have only heard three. Um, actually, I think they might have only heard two. No, they've heard. No, we've, we we've heard discovered the third, the third they, one because Rowan didn't know it. Yeah, we, we we heard the third one because we got. Thank you, Andrea, for for singing the creepy little girl version. <laughs> and uh, I, I had the oaths, and I wanted to make them kind of sing songy, and I don't think I'm a bad poet. I can come up with stuff that rhymes all the time. And, you know, I've written hip hop bars and stuff like that, but I, I just couldn't get anything to stick. And yeah. We, we, we were, we were talking. So we meet up on Tuesdays to, to write the, the intros and codas and record them and discuss story ideas because producer handler, we need to figure out where shit's going. And we spent like an hour trying to make it sing song, trying to make it work in a way that fit the words. And we were just not, we were hitting our heads on it over and over again. And my friend Alex, Alex Hollins, um, was like, uh, actually, no, was like, but he writes parody songs and he's an excellent 
excellent writer. Not besides just that. He's just a great creative mind. And he plays in, in some of my games as well. And so I shot him a message. I'm like, hey, can you turn this into something that's like a sea shanty or a song? And he's like, you want a sea shanty or a whaler? I'm well, like, so, so the original thing, because we, we went back to him twice. Because yeah. the first one was trying to set the what he wrote originally to music and being like, nope, this is not working. And we looked at each other and went, they're a fishing village. On the on the on the on the shores of of the of the Pacific, and shanties are really popular right now because the shanty craze went through TikTok, and we were like, I just knew them all already. What if it's a shanty? And so we went to him, and then twenty minutes, forty minutes later, he sent me back the first the first verse with audio, and I was like, Oh, this is creepy. And then he sent me the next one, and the next one, and the next one. I was like, Wow. So we just he. You know, it was like the fuse got lit and just we just let him run with it yeah. and then handed it off to, to Ren and, you know, turned it into and something then cool and creepy. And I, I have reasonable singing experience and Rowan knows the first two verses, <laughs> <clears throat> which, is, which is directly responsible for the coda of what episode was that? The one where she sings is just yeah. Fucking, uh, it was like in the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it was like six or seven, somewhere in there. Well, and then there was the music box, and then there's um, at the annex when we went back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the music box um, because I don't know how to create music box sounds. I just I don't. So I was beating my head against it. I was like, "This is kind of important." It wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of important to us. So I was like, okay, how do I do this? And I went on to a freelance website that I do work on sometimes and went, there has to be someone who does music box things. And I found someone and I said, can you take a sung song and turn it into a music box? And I'm like, well, we're going to have to mess with it a little bit because it's not as precise as instruments. I'm like, well, that's fine. As long as it is recognizable as the same tune. And then we got back what you heard in the episode. Oh, and it's great. Mm-hmm. It It's so creepy and disturbing that I turned it into my ringtone on my phone. Mm-hmm. And again, is this like 2006 where people have ringtones? <laughs> I'm an old man. My phone is never not on silent. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I have my earbuds in a lot. And when, if somebody calls, I hear it through their earbuds. Okay. So... And so I hear the creepy ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's and, great. But then there was the the kids chanting at the annex. And then there's all the I, – I know how many people worked on stuff for the finale. But I haven't heard it yet because I haven't – I will by the time this goes out. So that is, that is one of the questions that, that we got was how many people were involved. There were – 49 individually named people who uh, sent in chants, and then the entire West Kingdom choir, which was about, how many people were there that day? 17, 16, 17 people? It was a good-sized day. It was, yeah. it was pretty full. It was actually really hard to get everyone around the microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were in the neighborhood of 75 people involved in just the chanting. And then there was Alex with the writing of it and, you know, people like Andrew and Drew sending me Foley um, and little snippets of ideas. This is like, I put it all together, but this is not something that I could do by myself. Not even close. It would not be what it is without everyone who's involved in it. In the, the, the six people who are around this table, but also just the dozens and dozens of people who are outside People who write who who write the fan fiction, people who send in crazy <clears throat> crazy theories, people who have who are keeping our imagination sparking because we're like we hadn't thought about that. 
But you raise a good point, and now we have to think about that. <laughs> the people who put up with us talking about it at home when I'm going nuts and my wife's like, okay, just let me listen to the episode when it's done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, there it is. It's ours. We can do this. That wasn't what that look was about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> kiss, kiss. But this was from me singing. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. It, any other questions? As, as long yeah. as we're giving shout-outs to people, quests and chaos. Yeah. Yes. yes. If they hadn't existed, none of this would have happened. Nope. Yeah. The, the 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 whole the whole genesis for this would have never come to be without Quest and Chaos. So, Thomas I mean, and heard, Amy, yeah. huge special thanks to you two specifically. Just we wouldn't be here without you. Yeah. Very literally. I mean, you heard the genesis of all of this came from her acting, Seth and I watching, and it all just sort of spiraling. Well, Spiraling up is or a good down. term. Up or down. <laughs> I don't know which direction you want to call that. Yeah. Any final thoughts? <laughs> There's a couple more questions that I want to ask. Okay, but okay, let's rapid fire. Let's look because we've been sitting here a while. I know. We're like, rapid My fire. My bladder can only take so much. And this is why it took 18 right. episodes. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. 10 seconds fire. or less. Why are you looking at... Okay, I know why you're looking at Because we did one rapid episodes, fire question. <laughs> I know why you're looking. What were you thinking when I said "trust me" before the nursery scene? What was your in in real life and your character? Were your in real life and your character responses different? Well, I knew because you you had warned about violence about youth, and so I assumed it was going to be something about what happened to the baby, and um, yeah, that you were just putting that safety out there. You know, I, at the time, I mean, I saw a very young child and he was very young at the time when we started recording that. He's absolutely goddamn adorable. Yes. <laughs> Biggest cheeks in the yeah. East Bay. Yeah, I, I did points trust at you. Things and it wants you to go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. And just sort of pulls on my shirt the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's Wonderful. adorable. Oh, I don't remember specifically, but a, a lot of the same, I think. And just, you know, uh, Trust you that that you know we've discussed this, and that you're going to take our everything we said into account. Okay, I didn't cross the any boundaries on that scene. I mean, there are other ones where I was like, eh. but no. I mean, I don't have kids, so that scene was less likely to have that kind of boundaries for me. At least, not that aspect of it. <laughs> Um, I think that my response and my in-character response were similar, but for different reasons. Like, I, Rowan walked into the situation knowing who had been killed. Mm-hmm. So it didn't come as a surprise to her. The thing that kept getting to her was the Dagon aspect of it. It isn't the first time that she's been in a violent crime scene. She's seen this sort of thing before. The Dagon stuff, the personal stuff, was what was getting to her. And for me... I knew that this was coming. We talked about it fairly extensively. So when you said, trust me, I was like, oh, we're going into that scene. All right. So I was able to mentally prepare for it. I don't have any kids of my own, but I have several I have several nibblings uh, ranging from age 16 down to newborns. So I have, I, have, I have my own experience with kids, but it's definitely, I don't know. It, it, it didn't, it was so well handled 
that I had to ask, did we just see the murder? Mm-hmm. And I left that in specifically because even listening back and editing it, I was confused. Yep. Yeah. And being like, ah, we did just witness the murder, but it was handled so obliquely that I had to ask, and I'm going to leave that in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything that's been said already, I talked about the trust I can feel. Because mm-hmm. you talked, before even our audition game, you talked a lot about lines and veils. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think also oh. Sorry. talking about the newborn. Sorry, one of my nibblings <laughs> yeah. just swung into view on the other side of the um, glass. <laughs> but I think also personally, because I did have a like four month old at the time. She was very young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> in Big Sky, my character shot the star child. Mm-hmm. And I felt like my character had been responsible for the child violence already. And mm-hmm. I'd kind of dealt with that part like i got it i it didn't i didn't want to go there again but i but it hadn't been horrific because it was obviously an alien we are not going to be the dead baby podcast (laughs) we are not we are we are actively working against that stop whacking the table it's moving the camera sorry (laughs) um but i think because of that i was like we went there and Dan is making an effort to make us feel comfortable and safe, so I wasn't worried. Yeah. Yay. What did you think going into that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, being 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 someone who was listening to it and seeing like the content warnings that we talked about, what what was your uh, impression? That was like so long. It feels like a long time ago. Now it was a long was, time like, ago. End of May, early June. Oh my god! Yeah, th- that was that was four months ago. Yeah. Because well, it was longer for you guys than for me. Yeah, um, that, that was episode two. But. Yeah, I think like I think you guys did a good job of preparing the audience for it, um, so I think it was handled pretty well. Cool. Yeah. Next question. Um, it's a question to me, but I want to answer because a lot of people have asked this. Um, how did I decide the title? Um, there are shrimp, actual shrimp farms in uh, the greater outside outside of uh, Phoenix, between Phoenix and Yuma, in Gila Bend, and it's top quality. You know, pretty good, expensive shrimp. And then also when you think about the <laughs> and then when you think about the building, the medical annex, you know, you have these people that were brought in that were water people that were stuck in tubes. Uh, you know, legitimately, they were a farm of people that were shrimp. So that's well, why the lobster, shrimp farm. But yes. Lobster. Well, yeah. <laughs> but still kind of still kind of shrimp there. So that's mermaids. why that's why yeah, mermaids. That's why <laughs> I grabbed that. <laughs> I'm um, so proud of that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Other uh, questions. Uh hang on. Uh, Getting there real quick. Uh, what are the most challenging aspects of collaborating while recording the podcast? I think talking over each other has been, I mean, that's just the Zoom thing. Yeah. But I think it's, like, editing, I'm sure it makes it easier because it's separate tracks. Yes. But just like constantly like, oh, you're going to talk. Oh, no, no. And yeah. and you and you hear that none of those come into the, uh, mm-hmm. the or if they do it's very seldom mm-hmm. because and it's usually because what, what actually comes through is playing off of what was aborted, mm-hmm. what wasn't said. Yeah. Um, Probably the most difficult part for me is that I don't see you guys in person, so I can't sit you down in front of the microphone and say, I need you to do the thing. Sit down and do it. <laughs> <laughs> the only exception to that is really Ben, because I see him every week, and Laura and I hang out every once in a while. Um, I, I mean, definitely the... Uh, uh, no, okay. Because there have been a few times now where, because of Zoom, the pause... Oh, okay, you're pausing too. I'll talk. And then the other person talks at the exact Perfect same time. synced up oh my God. pauses. I've done it three times with people now, I think. Um, it's been really 
frustrating. And it's not your fault it's because of the way the Zoom is, but it's really frustrating. Also, just the fact that I don't get to, like, hang out with friends and play a game, it's a very different situation. Well, the energy's so different. And I've never, like, even our home game is on Zoom because we have people all across the state. Yeah. Other people who have played in person, I think you can confirm... The energy is so different over Zoom than it is being in person. Ezra talks about it frequently with Call of Cthulhu that he's like, I don't like being remote because of this. Because you can't just like slip a sly look to someone else or have that like corner table conversation. I'm sitting at the corner with Dan at the corner here and I can like glance over at him and we can share a look that says a thousand things. You can't do that on Zoom. And it's like, I have no concept. I've never played in person except for the two squeal scenes it's honestly probably good that you haven't to a certain mm -hmm. extent because you don't know what you're missing exactly i'm sorry but you don't know what you're missing i agree (laughs) um and as a new dm it's uh really nice because i can do all kinds of really cool computer stuff sure so um i mean again talking over each other is probably the most frustrating thing and i do that in person not just on zoom (laughs) um Um, the occasional technology. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> internet outage. There's the collective groan from everyone. <laughs> and and resisting the urge to fidget with my dice. Yes. Well, I would I would be saying that if we were recording in person too, because you would still have your dice in front of you. And Amy actually had to tell us uh, when we were we were doing more live streams in person. If you're gonna lay out your dice, don't do it until uh, do it before the stream starts because it's loud. Mm-hmm. Or if you clean it up, wait until after. I'm sorry. Is this specifically for a podcast versus... Or just distance learning or what like well, challenges that we've learning. had? Well, you're, oh. doing, you're doing Zoom theater productions too. Yeah. Um, I think, especially for my setup, there was just like a lot more that I both had to be aware of of my environment because especially podcast versus live stream i feel like live stream there's a bit of forgiveness and it's also this idea of like oh once it's passed it's passed Mm -hmm. but with the podcast i knew that you were gonna be editing so you're so hyper aware and paranoid about your surroundings i was listening (laughs) for like my baby to be crying in the background um and it just requires you to concentrate so much more when you're not in a controlled space like being in a studio yeah um yeah, and then I think a challenge of collaborating also I found with this game versus when I do D&D is this one because it is so much real or more real of a world and a lot more serious of just a setting. Um, you want to stay in character more. You talked about me staying in character because you want to stay in character more because um, it takes a lot of energy to mm-hmm. get to that place. So for d and I find it really easy for me to be like, okay, metagame, let me check on mechanics and get back into character. But this is just like, it's such a heavy setting. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't want to do that too much because it would be hard to just get back into the character. So... You find your way, you find yourself needing to suss it out in character, which can take a lot longer mm-hmm. rather than just taking a step back and say, wait, <laughs> let me confirm, is this where we're going? And I mean, sometimes we do take a step back and do that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, in general, you're right. Mm-hmm. How about you? Um, yeah, the talking over people, uh, I think that, like, well, Dan's in further away than I am. Before, mm-hmm. I, everyone was in the Bay Area and I was <laughs> several hours away and now it's Dan that's further away. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's a 12-hour drive away. Yeah, that's a little bit longer. 
But that, I think this setup for me is a little bit easier because I live by myself. So I don't have to worry about um, mm-hmm. people getting into the shot or anything like that. Kids running in. Exactly. Don't yeah. worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think for me, like I'm such a new game. I mean, we've talked about this. Like relatively, most of more of us are newbies versus experienced. I've which, watched most of, most of you come into it. Right. Like this, I think the last things last, I'd done a couple sessions of Call of Lulu and the second half of Course Toil, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Your first w- game was my second DM session. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. And you came into TTRPGs. A few years ago, but I had only played Dungeons and Dragons. So playing Delta Green, again, in a very real world <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and creating a character that could, I mean, besides <laughs> the overarching bad, which maybe exists, but um, it, it's a lot, when it's more real, um, it's just, it is heavier, I think, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and has more of an effect on you. Like, sitting up in bed thinking about it, yeah. it would happen more for this than, like, Dungeons and Dragons game that sure. happens in this complete fantasy world. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. It very much depends. The ones that I played. There's so there's far. a couple games that, that there's a game that that I'm in that I have been thinking about for mm. two weeks since yeah. since our last session. Holy. Yeah. And the one that I DM, I you guys can say whether I do this well or not, but I try and kind of subvert a lot of the tropes mm. and rules and make it much more shades of gray and Mm. and realistic in that sense. Especially when it comes to race and stuff, just because I don't like the race and alignment rules. Yeah. I've been playing for about four years. I dove deep. (laughs) Yeah, you also play like 12 games a week. I do not. I'm currently in nine actors. But they're not all the same. We probably play for the same number of years. By hours, much different. I'm, I'm, I'm not at the 10,000 hours of mastery, but I'm working on it. There was a point I remember you counted it out and you were at 11 active games you were And in. then I got out of two. I'm currently in nine. One of them and is then one. I got out. And, and one, one of them is once a month. A couple of them are every other week. They don't count if they, they don't count as, as super heavy if they're every other week or once a month. This is when I break the fourth wall. Look at all of you. Jim face right here. <laughs> I've been okay. Yeah, how about to wrap it up? What was the hardest like for you? I can't see you guys. I can't yeah. see your body language. Like I I have I've got images on everybody, mm-hmm. but you know, some people relax and you can't see some of the like some of the physical cues. Um one of the greatest things about getting together in role playing games, this is its own it's it's a unique uh medium. Because your players are also your audience. Now, granted, yes, we're sending this out to people and through podcast, but ultimately, it's all of us that are just playing. We're all entertaining each other. So I can't necessarily see little cues to necessarily ping, you know, ping off of or to tag, and uh, that gets to be rough. So I'm grateful that uh, everybody's vocal about what they're doing or how they're feeling, or we've had those conversations about what we're going to do. So. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest challenge for me is kind of being like, all right, are you feeling uncomfortable <clears throat> because of something I've said? Because we're playing a horror game. Um, sometimes you can tell by body language, mm-hmm. and uh, some, I I miss that. And uh, when I and I appreciate that we're good about uses of the, of the X card, mm-hmm. where it's like, I mean, we haven't we haven't really needed it, mm-hmm. but knowing that it's there makes it a lot easier to be like, okay, I can push this a little bit further. 
because I know that I have that safety ripcord. Yeah. And if I need out, I'm, I can get out. Well, this was awesome, guys. It really was. <laughs> it's fun to actually get, like... I can't believe how fast the time flew. Oh, my God. When did we, what time did we actually start? I forgot to so look. Like 12, 15, 12, 30. I don't know. 12, 30-ish, yeah. It's like, okay, so this was a session, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't feel like it. Yeah. It never yeah. does. Yeah, thanks for joining and us. And this is why we took 18 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks to so, thank you so much for everyone joining us. Thank you for Quest and Chaos for hosting this stream. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, this has been the Unredacted. <laughs> Cut the feet. Cut the feet. <laughs> Are we out yet? I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Laura Domingo, and I play Quinn. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the handler. Our story is based upon the role playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. If you like our story, there are many ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Victor Von B., Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Skelly Lichboy, Tom Padula, and Ben Warner. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week, because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe.